Where the topic be the rocket and the brew. Well, that'd be the fuel. And I'm your host, Rob G. And with me, as always, the legendary brew crew. What up, fellas? What's going on? What is going on, everyone? Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 75 of Bruising Banter Podcast. 75, and we still alive. Three quotas. That's right. 75th anniversary. <laughs> everything we've been celebrating since one day one hey, hey some some podcasts don't make it past uh five episodes five five, five. episodes <laughs> 75 yeah we've been 75. rocking guys yeah uh this is episode 75 of our social distancing series and um i don't know i was, I was thinking i was telling somebody i was telling lou maybe we should start a, a from delaware series as well uh, for, for folks that have uh, um, transcended okay, okay. Delaware. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, or moved here. Nobody moves here. If you've lived here longer than, if you've lived here longer than you, where your birthplace is, by right, I have to. Well, no, that's a, no, no, no. That's yeah, from segment. Delaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about that's folks a different that, segment. I'm just, talking about, <laughs> I'm just talking about folks that have uh, went on, not people who implanted here, but have went on from, and did bigger, there. bigger, did better big things. Thing. I mean, yeah, that's I, they're probably part of the reason that now every time you watch a script or see a movie, they're just like, "What are you from Delaware?" Like they always try to play Delaware. Right, right. Yeah, they always do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but this and is still, episode. Still we, and still we rise. Still we rise. That's Del- right. Delaware. <laughs> Delaware. 
Oh, yeah. All right, this is episode 75. As I said, we do have a special guest with us. We have hip-hop journalist, cultural critic, and independent go. producer, Jason Rodriguez. Yes. Hello, in the Oh, Delaware the man, welcome to the legend. Delaware native, fresh prince of Delaware. You know what I mean? <laughs> Delaware <laughs> son, Brooklyn's brother. Yeah, oh, there you go. That, that, that works. That's, um, yes, he is here yes. in the podcast to join us. Um, but before we get into all of that, I always need to know what is everybody drinking today. We'll start with our guest. What are you drinking today, Jason? Word, I'm trying to figure out the decorum when I can crack it and start drinking. Oh, you can, no, you can, you can oh, pop you can that start. thing up. Right yeah, yeah, you um, late. Yes, late. so I got, I got, I got, I got three <laughs> brews. Um, one, I got a Modelo because that's just my favorite beer. I know it kind of violates your rules, but to me, this is kind of like <laughs> yeah, you drink what you want, man. It's it's a uh, it's Scotty Pip- Mexican beers are like Scotty Pippen the beers. They do a little bit of everything. Yeah, they might not take yeah. you to the championship, but they'll get you close. There you yes. go. Um, other than that, I got a, got an IPA. Uh, I'll put that in a glass. I'm gonna do one in a can, one in a glass, and one in a bottle. Oh yeah, we couldn't uh, tell that was an IPA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, but IPAs a little hoppy, but I think IPAs are, are good when you're out there eating wings, drinking food. Who's that brewery? And this is a, a local joint here. Um, I think I got it because it said gang. I like gang, 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 gang. Om gang. Yeah. Three philosophers. This is from Cooperstown. Okay. So, oh yeah, nice. I had that a couple weeks ago, Jay. It's really but, good. Okay. Is that who we was, go, so was calling like Omni Gang? Yeah. 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 What is um, what is it called? Gang, gang, gang. Omi, Omi. Oh. Oh, Omi game. No, it's um. It's just um. Yeah, um, um, um game. Um game. Yeah, um game. Right. Um, now that's Cooperstown. What's the IPA joint? Where that? What brewery is that? That's Lagunitas. Okay. Where are they out of? Yeah. Um. Damn. I don't even know. Lagunitas to me is such a basic IPA that I'm just like it's uh, Lagunitas. Kmart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> California and Chicago. California. Okay. Nice. Said it's out of Kmart. Nice. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> So you got a lot of uh, average, not average, but you got probably yeah, a, a yeah. good ABV uh, out of uh, between the three of those. You know, I'm say yeah, because I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, he's a beginner. <laughs> <laughs> got a virgin on the show. Well, then, well, then you got to tell him. You got to tell him what um, alcohol. So your alcohol ABV by volume. is your alcohol by volume, and that's. What oh, I didn't hear what you were saying. Yeah. Your, uh, yeah, I think Om Gang it might be a little high. Yeah. Is it on the bottle? Look on the bottle. And yeah. See it might be on the box, uh, but I chucked yeah, that okay. shit. So. It's, uh, it might be. 9.7. 9.7. Nice. My lane. My lane. There you go. <laughs> and then your yeah, Modelo, it may or may not be on there, but. Modelo's kind of. Yeah, that's low. It's probably, yeah. it's probably like a four point something. I think it's like five. Let's see. Yeah, probably. Plus it's open, so I'm not going to fuck with that. Yeah. But, this one is six point two. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. you you average you average above yeah, six. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, if, he, yeah. if he get all of them, uh... <laughs> he's drunk. <Yeah. laughs> he's definitely drunk. What's this one? I don't know. He's this got one time. Is. He didn't say he got time. <laughs> I, I punch above my weight, so we good. There you go. That's how it is. That's, yes. I don't know what this one is. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll find out later. What? Uh, so, Dev, what are you drinking on? I'm drinking on a uh, special delivery. Uh, two, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm feeling good this week um, because I got two special deliveries this week. I got a, a Bruising Banner podcast glass that was delivered to me by Lou. Early Happy Father's Day gift this week. So thanks, Lou. And yeah. shout out to Robin Hood Designs. Black Robin. Black, Black Robin. Robin Designs. 
Black Robin design. Sorry, I messed that all up. Um, <laughs> Robin Hood. She designed the glass, and, and, and Lou uh, early gifted me this. And I'm uh, what I poured in it is another gift from uh, 302 Yoda. He brought me some uh, Imprint Beer Company uh, Chemistry Cream Ale. Um, they're out of, uh, I think, Hatfield, PA? Yeah. They are? Okay, yeah. Um, so I was remembering off the can. And this is a um, five-percenter. Okay. Um, I pulled up their pulled up their uh, east of the gods and the earth. Yeah, I pulled up their to go menu. This is their traditional uh, cream ale. They've got like so many different cream ales on their list. But, what um, it tastes like though is it is it good? Um, you know what I would say it's a, it's really a, to me a traditional um ale um okay, okay. or your everyday kind of beer. It's uh it had it had some head on it when I first poured the joint, but taste wise, I would say it, it probably is. I don't want to it to a, a, a mainstream brew, but I would say it's, it's just a traditional kind of well, that's, always, light, that's uh, always helpful for some yeah, people. That's where to go. Most yeah. people streams, yeah. yeah. But, so, is but, it, that's, is but that's kind of like what it what initially came to mind um, was just like kind of a traditional kind of everyday, um, you know. Uh, I guess you would say, I guess you would say like a like a not a Modelo per se, but maybe like a. Corona kind of thing. It, okay. it was really, it's really mild. It's really. Is it mild. a good? It's a good summertime it's beer. It's a though? good summertime drink. Yeah. Really refreshing. Um, I could guzzle it. It's actually so. Good. <laughs> I could just hey, down this hey, thing. Yeah. Does, it, does it have lactose in it? Is it creamy? Nah, no, no lactose in there. Um, what I from what I read off of their menu or off of the can. Um, I'm uh, I'm a little interested into you know a lot of like I said all of their L's have that cream L in them. But um, there may be another one out of the out of the pack of their ales that, that may have it in there. Okay. So, yeah, this one doesn't though. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Who's next? All right, uh, Lou, what you drinking on? Oh, okay, I'll go. I got uh, I went the left hand out of Colorado and got their uh, peach Bellini uh, Rattler. It's mm. at a low four point one. Uh, it's real good though. It has those peach flavors. It's like an entry level type of beer for those people that don't really like beer from uh, right away. Uh-huh. Uh, and then secondly, I have uh, from Turpin's Beer Company out of Athens, Georgia. Their uh, watermelon gose. I had one of these yesterday. This is perfect. Uh, if you like salt on your watermelon, this is the beer. It was really good. Uh, pass me another yeah. to both. This one is. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not a goosey, it's a gosa. I apologize about that. <laughs> but it doesn't um, it doesn't say the APV on this one, but I'll get back to you guys. I'll look it up and find out what it is. But it's ooh, probably ooh. Yeah, I think I, I think we I think I, well, I think I had that and I don't think I We we had it on the um, I think we might I think have, we, I think we drank it, but I don't think we don't did think it on we the actual about podcast. It yet. We didn't talk about it. Yeah, no, I don't remember yeah. tasting it before. Yeah. We did that? have it though. Because okay. I remember I was talk that made me question why people put um salt, salt on their on their watermelon. Uh, I don't even eat watermelon, but just you had it. You remember what it tastes like? Did you like it? Yeah, it was. I don't know. I, <laughs> no, I don't like it. I, 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 didn't, I didn't love it either. I didn't, and I no. like Gozas, but I, that was the one I yeah. I wasn't a big fan of because it was really to me it was really salty. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let y'all know how what I think about it in a little bit. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yo, what so you drinking what, on? Yo, so what I got is um, from Imprint too. Since I did go take that take that trip, take that ride. So. And this was in y'all um, package too. And this is a uh, lavender lim- uh, limon limoncello. 
right? Lemon, lemon, cello, right? Would you say that? Is it lemon cello? Limoncello, but they all got weird names. But this is a um a six point uh two percenter, and this this now this one has lactose in it, and you can kind of tell from how it looks. Okay, yeah, yeah. You can see it. It. the, the cloudy, really hazy, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, but this is like they says uh, a fruit cocktail beer, and I I kind of get it because like. This thing you can't guzzle this for real because it's like it's super sweet and it tastes like lemonade and uh you get the um the smell of the lavender but I don't really know what lavender tastes like so yeah I don't know if that's what the, <laughs> I mean no, I mean it's, it's yeah it's, you know it's just floral right. there's no different than like a hibiscus or you know flower you just get that kind of right. you know just a just yeah. a, a, a floral kind of taste or smell yeah and that's what the you, you can smell it definitely but the taste is like a real sweet lemonade mm-hmm. type joint like this you can really like chug <laughs> this could be dangerous <laughs> that's right. coming in at uh 6.2 right yeah i yep. looked it up yeah and i i have it in my uh my booze and banner uh glass, glass. gifted by the one and only Lou. yes yes Lou, Lou Lou Belgium. Belgium. thanks a lot yeah. man this is this is great happy father's no, I'm saying thank you, I, thank I, I, early Father's Day. I have my glass, but I don't have it in there because I put actually put it up as a display. As a display. You put it as a display. <laughs> you, you know you what? Make sure it's showing in the background, man. All right, right, right. Hey, there you go. Right. Yeah. yeah, next time I'm, I'm going to change my angle. I need to start. I'm gonna start sitting. I'm gonna change mine. I'm gonna start sitting by bookcases. Bookcases, gotta see that's the move. Yeah, it make you. Yeah, it make you look smart as a motherfucker. Look at look at look at Jason. Look at this nigga. He like independent producer. That's what happens. Right. I mean, but but it's not just him. It's like a lot of people. Has his production of a that he do. What? What? Like uh, Lou, yeah. uh, I can't bro. hear you, Lou, but I'm gonna take that as a sign of disrespect. and. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, Lou. Lou, come Lou, back Lou, to us. Lou sound like he busted a remix out on these niggas. Remix. Um, all right, and what, <laughs> you sound better now. Yeah. You're on prose. I don't know if you do. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> what I'm drinking, I'm I'm still hitting, staying home with the home team Belfont uh, Brewing. Okay. I have the Clay Monster as can as a mm. Belgium quad. It is 10.2 percent. Woo! So it is uh, heavy hitter. It's heavy. Um, I I have I have it in the drink for the culture glass. Um, of course okay. you do. And I'm, I'm drinking for the culture. Yeah, but like drink time. for the Bruce and Banner. I am. I, I mean, but I had that on display. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was more of a. Uh... We can't see it, so. <laughs> All right, all right. But y'all just showed it three times, so we good. <laughs> yeah, switch good it point. up. I take that. All right, all right. Well, because especially, um, well, I had I just watched it earlier, so I wanted to make sure it's dry, make sure it's beard clean. I heard that. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. It sounds like we got some good beard people drinking on today, so we're just going to yeah. jump yeah. right into it. Um, I know uh, Luke keep on going in and out, but he's still here with us. Uh, so we'll, yeah. we'll jump in with uh, Jason Rodriguez, the man, the Mister Legend. All right, <laughs> and. Uh, I mean, I guess you can tell us how, how you started um, and, and pretty much any any road you want to go through. But I guess the most important thing is just how you got here, how you got there, where you are now and just and just how those roads go. And we can go from there. Yeah. Give us your story, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
How I started, uh, I mean, so hip hop journalists, obviously I had to love hip hop first. So I'll, I'll, I'll do that story then to connect in kind of to journalism. Um, so, you know, grew up suburban kid, you know, uh, mom used to listen to heavy Motown, both my brothers, um, MTV, uh, heavy. Um, so it was a mix of everything. Remember seeing like Curtis Blow vinyls, uh, heavy D and the boys, like long box sets, guy, long box set. So, you know, music's always in my household, love music. Um, you know, I was a big like Michael Jackson fan, Bobby Brown fan. And then um, my uh, one of my best friends I grew up with, Barry Word, you know, a lot of y'all know him, Dev, Dev's former roommate. Um, his older brother, I remember we went down to, to the basement where his older brother was staying and uh, he was watching TV. And I remember I turned and looked and uh, it was a Big Daddy Kane video. And so I remember seeing like, you know, the eyebrows cut, uh, the high top yeah, fade. And, um, yeah. I, you know, at that time, it was just kind of like the coolest shit I ever saw in my life. Yeah, my mom used to tell me that was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it, he was mesmerizing in that like, video. So it's like... I'm going to marry him, huh? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I remember seeing that video. And then from there, kind of, you know, just fell in love with hip-hop. And, um, you know, at that time, he's being young. So it's hard to kind of, like, chase and get things. So I remember, like older kids in the neighborhood, like burning tapes and kind of passing them around and recording them, getting like a Tribe Called Quest uh, cassettes, you know, Nas' album, um, you know, randomly taking like mixtapes from my brother's car. And uh, yeah, so, you know, that's kind of how it became like the hip hop dude. And, you know, back then it was hard. It wasn't at your fingertips. So you had to really work hard to kind of get mm -hmm. the music. Uh, yeah. and, you know, as far as like the information, it wasn't websites. So it's like getting the magazines, didn't have, yeah. the, you know, the bread Paper -based. magazine or subscription. So, you know, I would always walk to like the grocery store, just open up Vibe, Double XL, The Source. And um, it was two particular issues in, in uh, general that really got me hooked in the idea of being a journalist. Um, it was like the Vibe, I think five year anniversary issue, Will Smith was on the cover. And then The Source's 100th anniversary issue. And um, they had LL on the cover holding like five golden mics. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, kind of just going through those and you know, a lot of people criticize anniversary issues because you're kind of just, um, you know, you're filleting yourself and kind of like showing how important you are. But because there's such a like historical uh, artifact and kind of going over your part and covering the culture and things that you do, I'm looking at it and I'm like, right, this is the thing that I want to do. Uh, you know, at the, at the, when you're young, it's like you're making little pause of accord, like rap demos yourself. Right. And, you know, it's it's that's kind of not working out. But the ability to kind of like write and covering everything like that started glowing in my eyes as something that could be um a pursuit but you know but in, in delaware at the time again it, it didn't seem like like there was nobody i could kind of point to to be like oh yeah they did that so yeah cool i'm, I'm gonna do that later on it would be chuck creekmer uh and greg watkins but at the time i didn't know so my girlfriend in college uh jana zinzi lou knows her she was from new york so for her the idea wasn't that foreign because new york was so at her fingertips Whereas for me, you know, it was kind of a distance away. So it was kind of like the culmination of like those three kind of putting it together that really put the battery in my back. Um, so, yeah, you know, went to University of Delaware, majored in English, wrote for the school newspaper, finished up and I reached out to Chuck Creekmer, who he's from Delaware, went to University of Delaware. And, um, you know, I just cold, cold uh, reached out to him. He hit me back. We had a phone call for like two hours and he invited me up to New York. I drove up and... Um, it's, it's, it's bugged out. Cause I, again, I didn't know him that well, but he's open arms and just like, yo, come up. He was working for BET.com at the time, but he was freelancing for the source. So I go up and he had to collect the check from the source. So he's like, yo, why don't you come with me? So I go to the offices. I still remember these big red doors. 
kind of like um, almost like steel locked. We go in and uh, the music, editor, they had two music editors at the time, uh, Boo and Gotti. And um, Gotti was this white kid. And I remember we opened the door to his office and like mad smoke came out. And uh, <laughs> he was in there smoking up. I think he was in there smoking up with 3-6 Mafia. And I'm like, yo, this is like, this is how shit goes. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, and I had a couple of times in my life where I was like, yo, this is how shit goes early in my career. But it, it kind of is how shit goes. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, man, through, through that, Chuck was a bridge. Used to write for all hip hop. Went to NYU for grad school. Excuse me. Ended up uh, interning at Vibe Magazine, and uh, from there I got hired and got on, man. So that's kind of like so, my long runway point into my interest in rap and kind of like journalism, and then kind of getting on. Mm-hmm. So did has Lou influenced you in any positive ways? No, I'm just joking. That's not <laughs> <laughs> no, Lou's my, my so Lou's my college roommate. So to put that on a record for people who are watching it who may not necessarily know the both of us and the overlap, but yeah, now Lou's my we went to high school together, um, struck a great friendship. You know, he's my college roommate, um, and like we hang like tough. Like we had a year where we hung like every single day. We worked together, we lived together. In the summertime, we went to London together for study abroad. So like. Uh, you know, huge influence, like whether, whether it's like intentional or not, or like overt or not, you know, just being there and being supportive and, and not, you know, especially from Delaware, like not being like, like, nah, that's crazy. Like, right. like, yo, you know, just listening, you know, is, right. is, is support in and of itself beyond like, you know, the other things that he did. I appreciate you, brother. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I do remember. That's, that, all, that's, that's all Dave can, that's all um, Luke can get in. <laughs> I'm going to be short. You never know what I'm like. <laughs> what were you going to say, Rob? Uh, I, I, was, I was, actually, I was, I was going to say with the connections between, because I know when, uh, we had other guests on here. He's like, bro, what's the connection with y'all two? <laughs> so, yeah. So I had to make yeah, yeah, nah, so I'm, I mean, I went to high school with a lot of y'all, or school in general with a lot of y'all. Yep. Me and Dad yep. went to high school together. Yep. Uh, me, me and Lou uh, was college roommates. Um, Rob says we went to school together, so I'm going to go ahead and trust you. <laughs> See? I told, you, I told you, Lou, you don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I said that. I, was like, and, and I, I met him, I met Jason through Lou, like, maybe about, shit, damn, I mean, I don't know. Even know 10 plus know. years? As long as you've been yeah, with your life. Yoda, Yoda came to yeah. my crib, fucked up my sink. Damn. So. <laughs> oh, you got stories. You got stories. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, recently. <laughs> oh, that was like January. Man, that little janky bathroom, man. That shit. <laughs> that futuristic sink. Yeah, that shit ain't for a big nigga. That shit belong in London somewhere or something. <laughs> Word. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> That's Let me ask you this, Jay. So uh, you went to U- University of Delaware. Did you feel like going to NYU for grad school was like a must or like just being in New York for grad school or, or like how, how did that transpire? Like, cause I know as far as you concerned, you're concerned. Like you said, we were really real, real close around the time you were applying to grad school. Yeah. things. What made it, was it like New York or bus? I'm going to a school in New York or was it just NYU? Like, what was Yeah, the- no, it's funny to say New York or bus. Basically, like, I, I, so I only applied for one college and one grad school. Um, and, and that was it. And so, like, for, it's funny, I, I wanted to do journalism, but not in the sense that, like, um, you know, I could have won anywhere. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I, I had to be New York. And yeah. it's funny, so Lou texted me the other day and was like, yo, I saw... I saw Will Parks and uh, I wasn't really paying attention. I was like, Will, I thought he meant Will that we went to college with. And so there was this dude, Will, that we went to college with. He used to take his, um, 
his refund check from tuition. Mm -hmm. that, uh, financial aid would like overpay the tuition. Right. He'd take the refund check and he bought leathers, right? Like, like he had these like butter leathers and he had like burgundy, green, mustard, yellow. He's a tall, skinny, like fly dude. And, and Will's like, his, his appearances would be like scarce. He wasn't always around. So uh -huh. when he popped in, he was always fly, funny, and he knew when to leave, right? Like, <laughs> so we didn't really know much about him, but we liked him. He was mad cool. But he was the first I knew to kind of did that flip with that hustle. Okay. And so um, I did that same hustle. I used my refund check for NYU, and I basically used that to live. And so mm -hmm. when I went to New York, like I, you know, I went to NYU, but I didn't work at the time. I took that money, and I flipped it, paid my rent. I didn't live, like, on housing. I lived in Harlem. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just hustled. I went to work for all hip hop, was writing for them all the time, interned at BET.com, interned at Vibe. And so um, it's, it's, I, I had, it's not like, I don't want to discourage NYU. As I got older, I appreciate it more. But at the time, it was tough because I felt like they broke my voice writing a little bit, mm. trying to do something they didn't know what I was trying to do. Right. But mm -hmm. more importantly, above anything, it was just being in New York and being able to hustle and have that time where I wasn't working, where I was able to just go and be on the ground and find things. And, and I, I didn't have anything holding me back from being able to go to this listening event or, um, you know, if Chuck hit me, I was like, yo, Wyclef is doing this listening thing. Um, I'm going to cover it for BET. Come with me and you cover it for all hip hop. And mm -hmm. so, I, you know, I had nothing schedule wise, to, like stop me. So I would go and, um, you know, Wyclef was there and had like, uh, what was the blue hypnotic, like hypnotic girls mm -hmm. smoking up. There's nothing stopping me from being like, all right, I'm gonna get that chill. I'm gonna smoke up. I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Um, and again, another moment like this is how it is. That is how right. it is. Right. It is. And how so it is. Um, I didn't have, I didn't have to worry about like going to work the next day or this or that. Like I'm banging out like writing this this copy, establishing relationships. So uh, more than anything, it's like I had to get to New York. It's different now um, because again, you know, just like I were doing this with Zoom and social media, and you know, you can kind of make these things and work. Um, um, at a distance, but at the time, like you, you know, to know like the mag, like the three magazines, Vibe, Double X on the Source, they were ABC, NBC, CBS, right, right, and so you had to know the editors. And if you're not mm -hmm. there to meet them, it's it's not you know you're not going to be able to just do like a, a hard phone call and and develop that relationship that way. So like NYU, yes, but more so it just being a conduit to just being in New York, get my feet on right. the ground, and do my thing. You feel okay. like you could have did this without NYU. Yeah, I mean, I could have. I, I don't know if I don't know if I would have been able to. The answer is yes for somebody. For me, I don't know if I would have been able to just like pack up five hundred dollars, go and crash with like my mom's family in the Bronx, and navigate working a part time gig and trying to maneuver and do that way. School helped me have like an easy like pass and be like, Oh, I can intern here. Right. Um, right, right. You know, you could, you know, maybe my, my type of hustling wasn't there. I don't know if I had enough teeth back then to kind of be like, fuck it. I could do this without the banner of having NYU on my chest. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think like in the early part of my career, like the, 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 the name on my Jersey mattered so much to how I moved. Mm -hmm. um, and I would use that in a way for me, but like, the older I get now, I'm like the only name that matters on my jersey is the name on the back, which is me. Right, um, is you. Mm -hmm. But but back then, you know, I kind of I, I was able, I needed that to be like my ticket. Right. Um, it didn't yeah. do everything for me, but I knew what to do with the ticket when I had it in my hand. Right, right. Cool. Now, now here's a question in terms of uh, I guess the I think you spoke briefly about it the evolution of of journalism, print journalism in, in general, yeah. how, how in journalism actually in general, I guess how has that 
affected you in terms of how how do you move in terms of in all this in this environment in terms of where they I mean like the magazine people don't buy magazines as much as they used to so how does that work now especially getting out getting hip hop yeah. information out. No, so, I mean, so it's bugged out. So like I went to school for magazine journalism proper. Like that was my major at NYU. And so like working at Vibe was like a thing. And so like um, I worked at Vibe. I used to be the executive editor at XXL. And, you know, that it was I was pushing like our word counts up. We were doing like these like 34,000 word, um, excuse me, 3,400 word uh, cover stories. I had like Shea Serrano uh, writing for us, uh, uh, Julianne Shepard. Um, you know, Ben Dietrich, really quality writers writing for us at Double XL because it was a magazine, a lot of length. And, um, you know, you saw also had like a timing period. Right. You were getting access to information early. Uh, and I remember, you know, I remember being an intern at Vibe and our editor in chief was uh, Mimi Valdez. And, you know, I saw a mock of a cover and it was Ashanti. And I'm like, Ashanti don't even got no shit out. Like, again, you know, thinking I knew everything. Ashanti don't even got no shit out. And there's two types of knowing everything. There's knowing everything on a broad scale because you're kind of encyclopedic with stuff. But then there's like knowing everything because you know how to move as an insider. And so I'm like, yo, Shanti, you ain't got no shit out. Mimi had heard the album. It got presented to her. She knew the timeline was a rollout. She saw the video. She thought the shit was going to take off. And so she shot called. Mm. And that's a large part of like, you know, magazine life because you're working on shit uh, anywhere from three months to a month and a half in advance. And so, you know, it's kind of just a different being than kind of like blogging or online shit which is much more reactionary um mm-hmm. less like strategic and kind of like banking on shit and betting on like your right. judgment right mm-hmm. and so uh you know that's what i did early in my career working on a magazine in the mid part of my career i did that too going back to a magazine um uh, but then you know i did a stint at mtv news which is very like digital and on air and that was very like the chase 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 and that was a little bit ahead of blog era mm-hmm. so it's like we had to generate news so it's like i'm working a beat I'm, I'm, I'm carrying my phone and at the time it was like a phone and my Blackberry and a recorder everywhere I want. So it's like, mm-hmm. it wasn't uncommon for me to like be at guest house or home. Uh, these are clubs in New York. Louie came with me to guest house. Um, we went to that Keisha Cole music video uh, that I brought you to. Yeah, when I was, um, yeah. when I was in the Keisha so, Cole video. Yeah. So it wasn't uncommon for me to be like at a club at like one o'clock <laughs> nice. in the morning and like run up on like, and see Irv Gotti there in the VIP Right and, and and try to like just pump information out of him and pull out my recorder, mm-hmm. um, and then you know wake up in the morning and kind of see what I had and like write it up to a story. Like it was real like hard living, hard working. Um, mm-hmm. Like me and Shaheen Reed were doing right, mm-hmm. and so uh, then from there I kind of evolved into like everything being like video, video, video world, and so and you know that's kind of like where I have this up right now. This is a, a push a T piece that I, I, I wrote Look. and directed. Uh, you know that's that's just the idea of like where things are are going now where it's like it's less and less i mean and you can say it for yourself right like eight years ago you were at the barbershop looking at the at the couch and be like oh shit here's a double xl with pd pablo on the cover i'm gonna read this now when you're sitting at the barbershop before you get your cut like you're pulling out your phone swiping through twitter and like you may find a link to a video and you're gonna watch that instead so that's kind of been like the evolution like it, it evolves as like the consumption it's chasing the consumption so the same way that like we consume, like now the impetus is like, how can I create to, to the consumption? And so mm-hmm. there, there's been some journalists that have been able to, to adapt. There's been some that emerged because they, 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 they were younger and that was the palette for them. And, you know, there's mm-hmm. also been some that, that that's just not their bag and, and, and they're just holding on to like writing long form and this is what they're going to do. 
you know? And, and you see the reflection also in like the outlets as well too, right? Like Complex evolved from a magazine right. to this like network of things and to, you know, and now it's, 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 it's really like a video publisher um, and also like experiential with like Complex Con, Hot Ones has become a TV show. So, you know, it's, it's, it's part of like just trying to catch up and keep up to demand of how people are, are, are really intaking the shit. Do you feel more like the J. Cole of hip-hop journalists? Because, like, you're, like, on the end, the back end of the young kids and on the front end of the, the older people in the industry? Like, um, that's, probably, that's, that's, that's probably good. I usually call myself Kobe because I say I'm a young vet, but R.I.P. Okay. Uh, that, that, that probably uh, isn't a good um, um, metaphor yeah. to use anymore. Yeah, but, yeah, but right. like, I mean, I, you- I, I say that because I, I can reach out on both ends and, and right. I, I have right. uh, either influence or reach with the class ahead of me and the class uh, behind me. So, you know, I, I try, this is kid Eric deep. He's a dope uh, young writer. And he, he just kind of got interviewed for this um, insider, like journalism newsletter that I also get. And I was surprised when I opened it and uh, he made a comment about me as a mentor. And I, it just took me back. Cause I, I, I didn't, um, I didn't expect to, to hear that from him, but I, you know, I, that's kind of the thing where it's like, you know, you try to pass on what you get from this crowd then mm-hmm. over to that crowd and yep. I'm, 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 I'm pro- J. Cole example is probably really good and also too like when you're moving like it's not it's not like you know like right now I'm in between gigs and in the past when you would be in between gigs you would hit like your man at double XL or like you know if you knew this woman at uh, at Vibe or, or, or like this person at the source and you would get freelance work and th- those would be things that float you okay. by because the people you worked with at one place moved to this place or whoever was freelance before now their staff here and, you know, that's how you will kind of, like, um, survive while you're in between stuff. Whereas, right. like, you know, now that doesn't exist. Like, I'm floating in between now, and it's, like, it's easier to do bios. If I do a bio for a label, that pays better than writing some, like, mm-hmm. um, excuse me, freelance stuff. So instead, it's, like, how can I find ways to just, like, maintain influence, right? So it's, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I sit here um, – while I'm in between stuff and I'm still getting calls for people trying to look for stuff and I'm still trying to be like the go-to to like, you know, I I got you on this or I got you on this or a young person's texting me about this or like, you know, a vet is like, yo, you got this connect and, you know, still trying to be uh, that person. Cause it's, it's a different way of like maintaining in between than how it used to be. Again, I just used this reference of 10 years ago, but that's really kind of like the distinct like demarcation point when like when shit changed. Okay. What's the, what, so, my question is like, where are you trying to get to? Like, what's the what's the end game for Jason? Um, I feel like we should have asked this question like an hour from now. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, right. It's tough because it's like in in this game, like the the whenever you're in a seat, it it gets hot quick, right? And it's like you know you're right. not going to be long um, for shit, and it's like. The, the, so for me, it's always, I, like, I've always aspired, like, I'm, I'm trying to get, like, power and influence so I could wield it from, for, with the same, like, philosophies that I had when I started out at the beginning, right? Like, I care about this shit, right? Yeah. And so Nefesic, I care Nefesic about Nefesic it and I, and I study it, I pay attention, I'm reading everything. And, and, and I say that in the terms of, like, I'm just like to backtrack a little bit. Like, I'm not the type who's like, um, like, if, if, if you come to my crib and, and like, you're like, yo, put something on, I'm not, I'm not putting on like it was written, right? Like I'm, I'm putting on like Polo G's album, right? Like I'm, it's always like the new, the new move forward, forward, forward. And the example I always use is like, I, like I'm more interested in watching like John Morant and Jason Tatum and Ben Simmons rather than like 
watching Game Six from the 1998 NBA Finals, right? Okay. So it's like I don't I don't go home and do hip hop that same way because I don't do sports that same way. And you know I have some colleagues who that's not their their bag and that's not how they do. Like they're like, yo, the shit from 2001 or shit was never better than our era. And you know to me it's always getting better, right? Like you can debate like the peaks of some eras were better or the stars of some eras. Like, obviously like Jay Z, Nas, and 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 Big like that. They're great. It's it's better than the peak of the big three right now. But like you know, so let's say one, two, and three from our era was better than one, two, three of this era. The four to twenty five of this era smokes the four to twenty five of like the era from New York. So like you know, just like an aggregate total, like the spectrum hip hop is dope. And so, anyway, to kind of bring it back and like with the end goal and what you're doing, when you know, it's 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 always trying to get like uh, uh, you know, trying to get like the the say so to influence stuff so we can create stuff, right? You 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 run into places where it's like you know why why am i have to if you call me this expert then why am i have to explain this thing to you right you hired me as an expert so at that point your job is to trust not to need an explanation right, right? right. but it happened you know it happens and you know it's, it's a reckoning that's happening across like a lot of industries but just speaking to my field like you know and that's why you keep on trying to move up the ladder because you're trying to have like influence and say so and so um, I mean, I can tell y'all, like, I'm, I, the reason I'm in between is because I, I was supposed to get a gig at Complex, right? Like, mm-hmm. I got hired to, for a gig at Complex, um, and, and before I started, they pulled the offer. But, like, that gig that I got was the, it, it was um, the thing that I'd been doing after the whole time I moved that here. Career yeah. pinnacle. It was this thing, it was, it was that seat that was at the crux of, like, creativity plus, like, decision-making. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what happens. That's what you kind of go after and you do. Um, and, you know, in terms of like end goal, it, you know, it's a mix. It's like, you know, there's not that many seats. That's why it gets hot. Right. So it's like, yep. I went through this experience and people are like, yo, you know, it'll come back to you. And it's like, there's not a lot of those seats. Right. It, it may, it may not come back around, but, um, for some of it, I'm just trying to punch my own ticket. Right. So I, I independent producer, cause I have my own company, I, you know, partner with a couple of production companies, writing treatments, you know, pre COVID and quarantine. I was about to start shopping them around. Uh, but, you know, I was talking to man- different managers, different uh, artist talent, production companies, and trying to, like, package things together to just shop them around to, to platforms. So I just think, for me, at my point in my career, it's important for me to get, like, a created by credit. Like, I, I, it, it's the, 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 if, if you know me by now, or even if you don't know me by now, the execution part, like, that's a given, right? Like, I, like I, that, that part I don't have to explain anymore. Um, But it's the idea of like, you know, germating a new idea, pulling this off from scratch. And it's like, this is this new franchise. This is this thing that didn't exist. It's going to keep going. It's going to be recurring and not just Mm -hmm. kind of like this one off and and getting that kind of like developed by, created by credit. Mm -hmm. That's that's kind of my next uh, iteration that will probably lead to uh, where I'm, I guess, where I'm trying to go or end goal, whatever you're saying, you know. All right. Yeah, that, that that was a heavy question for probably the end, but just going back yeah, to and defeating, you know, and I was like just getting, getting Magneto like, out of pocket because he was giving so much. I just wanted to know, like, uh, motherfucker, where are you going with this? <laughs> uh, but in terms of like just just circling back to like the, um, the independent production, and you were talking about the uh, the Pusher T project in the background, like, what can you talk more about that project and or other projects you have have been working that, on? That project's out yeah. though, right? Yeah, and this is the old project. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I watched it. I yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 2017. Saying. This is this is this is kind of like my last like hit. Um, uh, again, you know, it's like in, in the in the print era and kind of like the digital era, 
of writing, like, you know, I had hits coming more fluent and more often with video, they come less and less cause it's more costly. Yeah. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, so this is when I was working at Vivo and, um, th- I, I guess this is a good example because this shows like internally, structurally, some of the challenges you, you, you face, um, and how you have to pull them off, but then kind of like a, an earmark of what I'm trying to do forward. Uh, so this push a T piece, um, you know, he, he, uh, I was at Vivo, we were trying to do something on Pusha and we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. And it's a challenge because, you know, a straight one-to-one interview, um, you know, Vivo had this mindset that like, um, you know, everybody's interviews, is going to be a challenge. Um, that wasn't my mindset because their interviews aren't going to be my interviews. And so, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, I have this really good Jeezy one-on-one interview that I did for Vivo that... I think kind of it's up there with like the breakfast club interview and my interview, maybe like one other. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but just from a competitive standpoint, like that's not what people are going to Vivo to check for. So it's like, you know, trying to find like unique niches and different approaches. And so with um, Pusha T, um, I was trying to think like, all right, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? And I remember going to the listening and, and, and hearing the music and talking to his, one of his uh, managers I've known both of his managers for a long time, but I'm at the listening, talking to one of his managers and um, which, you know, for like Vivo as an organization is, is, is not, that's, that's not a common way of doing stuff. Um, you know, they have a unit that speaks to like uh, the label and they're not necessarily like engaging with managers, but I, I was unique. And it's it, again, you know, structurally companies have to like recognize their talent and like the ability that they have and, and what they could do and not view that as a threat, but you know, view that as an advantage. And so uh, talking to the team and kind of have like a, I'm telling them like, I want to do something unique and different. And they're keying me in on some of the, like, you know, he wants to have something that's different. He he doesn't know exactly what, but it's something, but he's open to something that's different. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I don't have to play telephone with that game. I don't have to get that from the label, talking to the label team at Vivo that's going to tell me like, I'm getting that directly from them. So, you know, taking that information and thinking like, all right, what, what could it be? And so uh, then, you know, push a, he, uh, he Instagram a copy of Daytona. This is before Daytona came out, but it was a mocked up purple cassette and he had tagged as a geo uh, location, um, uh, Stapleton projects. Right. And so I was like, damn, you know what? I should take him to Stapleton and he could see where like the wool's from and kind of like do this mix of like the influence of why he's calling it the purple tape. And like, this is where the purple tape came from. And, um, so, um, I ended up going to Wyoming for the Kanye West. Um, what was the album? The, the the bipolar joint. Was it just Yay? Ooh, I forget. Yeah, it was Yay. Yeah. No, so I ended up. I, I, yeah. I ended up getting invited to that. Which again, just to talk about structurally with like things. So like the label hits me directly. Like, yo, we can't give you much. They text me. We can't tell you much detail. But like tomorrow, flight out to Wyoming. You enter out. Let us know now. You can't say shit to anybody. I'm like, all right, I'm in. So. I'm like waiting, waiting, waiting. I like wake up at like five o'clock in the morning, check my phone and like flight information is just coming in. And it's like, yo, 8.30, you got to be here. Damn. So I'm like packing my shit up. I go and I'm hitting Vivo like, yo, I got, uh, this is the deal. Boom, boom, boom. Like I'm, I'm about to go do this. And like, you know, also being like a responsible employee, like I didn't have shit on my plate for the next day and a half where this was interrupted, right? right. Like I would just been researching at my desk. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, you know, this is the deal. I'm going to this or whatever. That ended up being some static because I, I had uh, supervisors who were just like, yo, you know, uh, you got to run this bias or whatever. And it's like the world I exist in and how I operate, like 
can't run that. That's you, 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 you have to be okay with me managing myself, right? right. Because for, for to do what you think is like the idea of management, that doesn't move fast enough for the idea of the world I, I live in. So again, if I'm the expert and you trust me, like your right. job isn't to clock what Police I'm or job micromanage. Is, yeah, your job is what I got going on. What, yep. am, I, what am I bringing this week? Right. So ended up going to uh, Wyoming, uh, checking out the listening. And so the next day we're leaving. It's like small airplane bunker. So it's like we're in this like area and it's like, you know, uh, Ty Dolla Sign, different label people, management people, whatever. And the view is actually that cover. The view from that airport is that there's a Kanye cover. You see the mountains, the snow mountains, oh, yeah. whatever. Okay. And so um, literally like, I think, I can't remember if I'm coming out of the bathroom or Push is coming out of the bathroom, but like we cross paths and I'm like, yo, Push. And he's like, yo, uh, Jay. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, you got, do you have a minute? Can I, can I rap to you about something? And I just give him the elevator pitch right there. And um, uh, what's actually funny in that moment too is this is before he got married and while I was talking to him, Fabulous walked by mm -hmm. and he's like, yo, Fab, he's like, are you coming to the wedding or not? He's like, my, my, he's like, Jenny is stressing me out. Like, what's up? The, About the list. Like, and Fab <laughs> is like, yo, my bad. Like, I got to talk to M, blah, blah, blah. And they're just being like normal, like uh, right. couples and wedding. Yeah. Kind of funny moment in between. But anyway, I give him the pitch right there and he's in. So he's in. And at that point, I was, um, I also had like Raekwon in my pocket because I was going to bring Raekwon to Stapleton. And it was going to be, although Raekwon is from Park Hill, which is kind of like a 10 minute uh, drive from Stapleton. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ghostface and, and RZA are from Stapleton, uh, Raekwon and kind of everybody else is from Park Hill. We see the uh, show. I have we saw Raekwon. the show. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to have Raekwon and uh, Pusha meet together and kind of rap and talk. Right. Um, but the you know, schedules didn't work out and, 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 and Ray kind of had to go because he had a bag doing like a tour show and, and, and couldn't. So anyway, the fast forward, pull it off, um, book it. I, I go to Stapleton myself. I hit my man Guy. And um, he's, he's from uh, The Rock, uh, Stapleton. You know, we go scout out and go through the projects, figure out, like, the route we're going to shoot this. And then, um, uh, you know, assemble a crew. We go out there and shoot it, do the interview. So then um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm long in the tooth with this because I kind of want to explain, like, the, where this put me on my path to where I want to go and kind of, like, the challenges that you face when you're at a, a, at a company. So then... Uh, film everything. I have the piece. So then I'm trying to secure music, right. That I want to use in the piece. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm trying to go through uh, the Vivo channels of, of doing stuff. And I'm like, Hey, I need this instrumental. Can you reach out to the label and do stuff? And, you know, for me, it's a challenge because coming from a magazine background as an editor, like I'm just doing that all myself mm -hmm. uh, for my writer. When you go to like video places or other places they're, they're, they're especially Vivo, it's modeled off like MTV, which has MTV News, TRL, this, that. So they centralize uh, uh, that communication with the label because this person can just talk for all the shows. Mm -hmm. um, Vivo, that wasn't necessary. It always ended up kind of feeling like uh, more often than not an impediment. Sometimes it was beneficial if your workload was wide and you kind of just needed somebody to handle that while you're working on something. But in this case, I was trying to get the music. They couldn't secure the music. And then um, I just ended up texting the same dude from Def Jam who had invited me to Wyoming in the first place. And I was like, yo, you mind if I just like go and get the shit myself? And he's like, yo, if you can get it. But he also knew me. The, the, the Def Jam rep had interned at MTV News when I was MTV News popping. So he knew who I was. So he's like, yo, if you can get it, like help us out. 
So I'm like, cool. So I just hit Mike Dean. I hit Mike Dean direct, and I'm like, yo, Mike, I'm working on this shit, whatever. I'm like, I need a couple of instrumentals uh, for this piece. Label says they can't get it. Like, what's up? Mike Dean is Kanye's um, engineer, longtime engineer for Scarface. So I hit Mike direct, and he's like, yo, I got you. He's like, I'm going to send it to this person at the label tomorrow. I got it. Boom. I hit the label, and I'm like, yo, Mike's going to send it tomorrow. It's going to come to homegirl. She's going to get it. Get it from her. Next day, it comes all, all the way. Get it popping. Get the instrumental. I put the piece together, um, you know, wrote it, directed it, um, produced it. And, it, it, you know, it's just funny because at the end, usually like at the end when you kind of have a piece that's popping, everybody who helps is like championing it and they're pushing it on their socials too. It, right. Nobody pushed the ship on me um, because it, nobody helped me. I ended up doing it. And it's funny because rather than like signaling it at the time as a success, it was kind of just like, you know, they left me on my island because I did the shit myself. So it was kind of like, all right, mm-hmm. like, you know, not like some ill will shit, but it's like, you, you're, this, this should have been a, a different type of success for y'all. Y'all right. should have recognized who y'all had. And it, right. you know, kind of didn't turn out that way. And then, you know, months later when they're having their upfronts um, and, you know, upfront and kind of like digital and TV speak is when you present what you're going to do for the year to advertisers, right. labels, and different partners. Um, so you can kind of get them to get on board in either a, a partner way or like a financial way. And so okay. when Viva went and did their upfronts, everybody from labels were texting me and they're like, yo, they're showing this piece. And I'm like, oh, that's real funny that they're showing this piece because at the yeah. time I really didn't feel like that, that, that support. Yeah, support. And so, you know, and, and I don't say this to criticize them. I, I just say this matter of factly where it's like, it sometimes it's hard to become a different type of manager than the idea of what you think a manager is because you're only as good as the management you've had. And I think people have this experience where they don't say like, I didn't like this part. So when I become a manager, I'm going to grow and do this. instead. And so anyway, long story short where I'm like, all right, I wrote this, I directed this, I produced it. I did everything where I'm like, I can just do this shit myself. Right. Like I spoke to the management, I spoke to the camp or whatever. And so, you know, that kind of inspired me to reignite my company. And um, so to, to get to like the, the point of the answer, it's like, you know, um, I, I again, it's like different ideas I have for franchises that aren't one-offs. Like this is a one-off, uh, it, you know, to partner and do something independently because of the cost of things, it can't just be a one-off, right? Like right. there has to be some type of way that they can see it being a, um, like a, a I don't say cost life. efficient, but a series where it's like, I right, there's things that are repeatable that right here we can um, budget where we can do this, where it's like we can spread expenses over here for the expectations to get this so it can right. be a success. And so uh, rather than doing kind of like a one-off, there's different things that I've had where it's like, all right, this, this is a music type of thing that can be a reoccurring thing. This is a sports type of thing. And, you know, I, I just wrote treatments, went to production companies, sat down with the creative directors and like, this is the vision, this is what I have. Mm-hmm. They get on board, you know, then I send them the treatment afterwards, you know, they read it and they see like, I, right, like, like we're in. And then um, from that point, like I, you know, I've reached out to a couple of artists because um, I was going to package and take everything and then go to like a, a media outlet to be like, look, I, this, like, this is me. This is the production company I have to help me with this. I have the artists on board. Here's the budget. And so th- this is like right where I was uh, December, February, uh, December, January, February. So, okay. uh, you know, once all this changes, kind of, I, I hope to kind of like resume and get there. But in, in terms of being an independent producer, like that's that's kind of the idea where it's like, um, um, you know, I, I guess in some degree it's betting on yourself. In some mm-hmm. degree, it's it's um, you know, it, sometimes it's just easier to 
turn the wheel when you're not at a company. Because um, sometimes companies have their history that handcuffs mm-hmm. them. You know, we always do it this way. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. kind of get stu- stuck oh, yeah. in that same cycle where it's like, with my company, there, there is no way we've done something. You know, we, right. it's my way we've done something. And Continue, as, yeah. we, as we yeah, grab yeah. a partner, um, you know, things get reassessed. But for now, at least in, in the genesis of an idea, it's like, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. trying to move forward so, okay. so speaking uh, of your uh go ahead i oh, know you, you got it i was gonna say just speaking of you know the independent producer side uh you know goal links was independent uh produ- production piece right not goal link was through vivo it was through vivo too okay yeah. um what was what was what was um i know for, for when you sent that piece to me that was I would think i would say that that was my first introduction to goal links just as yeah. an artist and things like that. Uh, so, what was that like? And, and I, like, how do you like? You said it's through Vivo, but how do you uh, ultimately uh, pitch those ideas? You know, to your higher ups, and how does yeah. that process work? No, that's a good example. So, um, my man uh, Chike uh, Chike is uh, he's um, he's half of the directing uh, duo uh, Kudi and Chike, mm-hmm. and uh, they just directed uh, the uh, Stefan Marbury documentary uh, that okay. just came out. And, uh, you know, through creative control with their production company, they used to do a ton of music videos. They did Window Seat for Erica Badu, uh, Through the Wire for Kanye West. Uh-huh. And so um, I remember Chica used to always say to me, like, yo, I, I can't wait to see your writing style on mm-hmm. video. Mm-hmm. And, okay. I mean, he used to say that to me, like, like five, six, and seven years ago. And at the time, I didn't, I didn't understand what he was talking about. We're just like, uh, whatever. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I was just like, yo, flattered, but I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. And, and, I, and I'm a huge, like, Cootie and Chike fan. Like, I, 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 I feel very fortunate to, like, have a friendship with them, but, like, I still, and, like, kind of step back, and I'm like, man, y'all are dope, like, the work that y'all do. And so um, he would always say that, and I was like, all right, I, like, I got to figure out what this means. I got to figure out what this means. So uh, with the Gold Link piece, uh, my boss at the time, uh, who he wasn't my boss when I was doing this piece at, at, at Vivo, okay. and he got uh, laid off. But he he's he's the person when I got at at uh, Vivo in the first place, and he used to work at MTV. So when I this is kind of seem like kind of knotted and twisted, but it's gonna make sense to the endpoint where I'm getting. Back when I was at MTV, his name was Joseph Patel. He used to be like, "Don't just write, don't just come into MTV and think it's like a magazine. It's different here." learn what it is for like video, get your experience doing some other stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool. Don't know what that means. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I'm through, time, through time, what he said and what, what, what Chike said, like, it, you know, came to fruition. And so mm-hmm. with the Gold Link piece, uh, so for Gold Link, you know, young kid from, he's, uh, he's from um, DMV area. He has a song Crew. And, um, and then he just put out an album, mm-hmm. I think like a year and a half ago called uh, Diaspora, which is super Love it. And so um, we, excuse me, we were trying to do a piece on rappers and where they came from and the influence of their hometown on their perspective and their work. And so we were trying to think of a bunch of different um, artists. And, and at one point we were going to do um, Belly, the kid uh, who's affiliated with The Weeknd in, in Ottawa, but um, he doesn't necessarily have like that, like love affair with his hometown. So he wasn't interested. We were going to do, uh, Joey Badass in Brooklyn, but that becomes hard because that, that, that story kind of gets told so many times. And so, you know, we were at our wits end trying to figure out like who, who was our artist. And then, uh, this kid, Cam Roberts, uh, he worked with us at Vivo and uh, he just co-wrote, um, 
the treatment to uh, Wale's video, uh, I'm rooting for everybody black. Oh, wow. So Cam is like, yo, what about Gold Link? And it's like, yo, that's a good one, right? Because D- like DC, New Orleans, and Oakland are kind of like these just like black enclaves where culture is just like unadulterated, right? Like yep. they're, they're just uh, black cities. Even Atlanta, like Atlanta's not like New Orleans, DC, and Oakland. And um, so, you know, it, it was just super interesting. And like, you know, the DC story is never really told well beyond like, oh, you know, and go-go, right? And so okay. um, we end up doing it. We Ooh. were like, all right, cool. We do a couple phone calls with him. We're like, all right, we're going to do this story about you and DC. And then we go down there and I realized like, he's really not from DC proper. He's from Bowie, Maryland, right? Okay. And, um, and him telling the story and, and, and going around with his friends, a lot of what he was saying wasn't that different from like how I grew up, right? It's, it's more so like he's influenced by his friends and that's the influence he takes that spits out in his music, right? Mm-hmm. And okay. that and there's, there's power and value in that, right? Um, but it's not necessarily the DC story that he thought he had. Mm-hmm. And so while we're on the ground, I had to kind of like shift the idea of what the story would be and instead turn it to like him and his friends. Mm-hmm. And so then instead we're like letting the camera run on him and his friends more because that that um, that rapport and kind of that like friendship you like you see it like yeah. he's, not, he's not like the leader of the crew he's in the crew it's an ensemble right. right yep and so you know the story kind of changed into that so then uh, you know we get back to me we, we were in DC for three days and like we were at his crib that him with him and his pops that he grew up uh, in yeah um, uh, you know we go we're, we're in Maryland then we go to DC the next day. We, you know, we pop up at different restaurants and then like that, that there's a scene in there with like him, his friends, Wale, it's a bunch of different people. And then he has this, uh, on his first album, I forget the name of his first album. Uh, he has this interlude called, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's like Kokomo's Freestyle. It's like one of the last tracks on the album. And it's just like this dude who's like older in DC who kind of like just pops up everywhere freestyling. Mm-hmm. And he popped up, he popped up and started freestyling. And I'm like, yo, we got to get this shit on camera. Mm-hmm. And so that's that, that's how we end the piece. So it felt to me at the end, like with this piece and 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 with the uh, Golden piece, it felt like if you're from there, it didn't feel like I swooped in, right? Told the story and got out. It felt like you're like, yo, nah, like he sp- he spent time. He went to the places he, like that people don't go to, and it's mm-hmm. official, right? So um, got back to New York and just watched all the footage. And um, at that point at Vivo, I hadn't worked on pieces like this. It was more like hosting pieces mm-hmm. and. Um, kind of more like game show, like fun, like uh, make people laugh uh, or talk about like a music video. So with this, once I like watched all the pieces and I started writing it, that's when it hit me, like what Chike was saying, right? Like I wrote it like I would write a magazine story. Like this is the opening scene. The opening scene is like here on this location, Gold Link, all his friends, smiling, laughing, Wale, boom, 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 action happens, start Mm -hmm. And then we go into like the history, which is exactly how we do this magazine story, right? After that break, then we go back to like he was born here and did this or whatever. Then mm-hmm. fast forward to like, you yeah. know, this is how he popped with his career and right. then ended kind of like with the look at the future of what he's trying to do. And so the way and, and, and when I direct stuff, I, I, I write it out as if it's like a blueprint. Okay. And so, I, you know, I write it, I give it to the editor um, and, and, you know, I'm writing it like this soundbite. Um, mm-hmm you know, this comment, this is what you're going to see for B-roll, this, put the sound up here. Like, I write everything down. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, then they give me a rough cut. And then from that point, then I sit with the editor and I go through and I'm like, all right, let's change this. The rhythm's off a little bit. Let's do this, snip that, okay. let's change this or whatever, whatever. Um, but but that 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 gold link piece, it, you know, it, it happened internally. But through that experience, that, that was kind of me like figuring out the things that people externally had been telling me for a couple of years that I, I wasn't connecting the dots. Right. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not going to ask you who's your your worst interview. But, <laughs> but I can tell you who it is. It's, it hasn't changed. Oh, uh, well, has, it hasn't changed for years. I was going to tell you who I was going to ask who, who's your worst and who's your favorite interview. So like, yeah, I can tell you my worst, my best, and my favorite. The worst right. was uh, Birdman right. twice. Okay. Um, twice. Twice. <laughs> twice. Wow. Yeah. Why? So, why? Um, why? You got to explain. So the first one, I was um, I was at NYU, grad student. Um, writing for all hip hop. He was baby back then. Yeah, he's baby. Be asterisks, I think. Still, so, <laughs> uh, uh, him and him and Manny Fresh are doing this big timers album, and um, Chuck Quickman hits me up and he's like, "Yo, you free to do this or whatever?" I think I had a class and I was like, "Yo, fuck the class." Went and did the interview. Um, so go to Universal. You know, hop on the A train, go down and do it. And to tell you how long ago this was, like I had like my G unit. <laughs> T-shirt, my, like my my G unit Reeboks. So everything was um, baggy. Yeah, everything super. Yeah. T-shirts was big. <laughs> Way too much denim. And yes. so uh, I, I go and do the interview. And what we were trying to do for strategy is like we would do these interviews with artists because we would do these Q and As, and that that was the thing that all hip hop did to kind of disrupt uh, journalism, right? Like magazines would do these uh, profiles, but then um, all hip hop would do Q and A's, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I and then you know you're trying to pull news out of it too. So how can I get like a couple of news items, but then do this Q and A? And so, at the time, uh, Baby was still arguing with Wendy Day. Wendy Day's is a woman who she operates this uh, uh, nonprofit company called the Rap Coalition, and it was much more prominent back like 15, 20 years ago. And like 20 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, actually. And so her thing was trying to help artists understand their deals and help them not get taken advantage by the labels. And so her big claim to fame was the Cash Money deal, the David Mm -hmm. Banner deal, and some other one. David Banner credits her a lot. Uh, Birdman is like, nah, like I was going to get my shit no matter what. Right. And so, and and, you know, (laughs) the the Cash Money, they had a record-setting deal, like, you know, I think they had like half of their uh, masters. They were going to get it back in like 10 years. Crazy advance. Like it was unprecedented at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I asked uh, Baby about it. And, and, and I'm in this like little small room. Like it's it's like the size of my bathroom, you know, right? Like oh, it's a sure. little small like yeah, room. Small. <laughs> and it's like me, <laughs> Baby's across from me, uh, Manny Fresh. And like a couple of goons off to the side, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's no cameras. Mm-hmm. I got my phone, my, my recorder, and I asked him a question. And I, I get to the Wendy Day question, and he just like gets super short with me. And then like from there, like he's not answering shit. And then I'm, I'm asking questions for like the both of them. Manny's trying to help and like answer, but Birdman's answering. He's like, "Nah, we ain't gonna talk about this or whatever." And so like it really chopped my time with them and half. And I thought at the time I didn't really get shit from them. Mm-hmm. And so like I remember going back to the crib. And I'm like, yo, Chuck, like, I didn't get shit, man. Like, and at the time, I, I didn't have a long track record. So it's like uh, um, an L meant so much. Like now, it's like you get an L, it's like, oh, fuck it. Like, right. 
I averaged 30 points a game. I had a bad night, right? Like, right, right. But, but, but then, like, that L was, like, it stung, man. Like, I remember hitting Chuck, like, yo, I don't got anything. I didn't get any news. There's no, like, uh, uh, Q&A. Like, I ain't get shit. Like, it's a wrap. Right. And, um, I, you know, I ended up being able to put a piece together. But at the time, I was like, oh, this is horrible. So then, fast forward years later, I'm at MTV, and I'm down in Miami. We go to the Hit Factory to interview uh, Baby. I think it was, like, Baby it might've been after like, like father and son, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, we had the microphone and like, you know, the MTV microphone is like famous. It has like the micro the, the mic box that says MTV yeah. news. Uh-huh. And, um, baby's like, yeah, I don't want to hold this shit. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we need to hear you. And so, um, he's in like this. Leather chair. <laughs> Madonna. He was Madonna he's, all the way. He's, he's, he's in this leather chair and, uh, you know, kind of has like the arms up, whatever. It looks like an office chair. He's like literally shoving, like pounding the microphone into the spot. So it's off camera. And he's like, can you hear me? Can you hear me like this? And, you know, the director, I mean, not the director, but the cameraman is, uh, you know, a dude who's like, this is not his environment. So he's kind of like, yeah, that sounds good or whatever. And I'm just like, the fuck, man. So do the interview. And I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is wild. So Birdman has the distinction of being my worst interview twice, twice over. Um, so you were, the, you were an original breakfast club. He- <laughs> yeah, they, they got shit on me. They got shit on me. He's a problem everywhere he goes. Yeah, they ain't got shit on me. Uh, I was the first person to interview uh, Rick Ross without his shirt. That uh, the distinction I had. Oh, okay. I'm sorry to hear that. We was we was mad close too. I was like, oh, you have you have eyes around your belly button. Uh, Yeah, my uh, yeah, my 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 best interview, Jay Z. I did this Jay Z interview. Supposed to be 20 minutes long. Uh, Ended up stretching to be an hour and a half. Um, and, you know, from there, that's what established my relationship with Jay-Z. Um, and uh, Where is that like? Would you, would you guys do that in the studio? Did you do it, like, at one of his cribs? Like, Yeah, yeah. so um, it was... Uh, I would so feel like I was there. It was, was a day before... Said, what yeah, is so, his so it, it was a day... <laughs> now, so he came to MTV. It was a day before Thanksgiving. And MTV, like, our editors came to me and Shaheem. They're like, yo, we have this interview... Um, opportunity with Jay Z, but it's gonna be the day before Thanksgiving. And uh, excuse me, Shah was like, "Yo, I got travel plans to go see my my uh, my mom in Virginia. Like, I can't I can't do it." And at that time, I had a bus ticket uh, to Delaware too. That would have conflicted with the interview. And they were like, "How about you?" And I was like, "No, I'm good. I'm free." <laughs> and so, um, right? I get to Delaware. I, 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 yeah, I hit my parents, and I was like, "Yo, I might be late for dinner." And so, uh, I. I uh, you know, at this time, I had never interviewed Jay. Uh, it it might have been, like, my first, like, heavy, heavy, heavyweight interview. And so mm-hmm. um, props to Shaheem Reed, who I, I love immensely, man. Like, he's yes. a fucking first ballot Hall of Famer, man. Like, he's amazing, man. And it, a saying that I have is is when you're that successful, like, you know, it's easy, like, to hate on shit. And I always say, like, if you want that Shaheem Reed shit, you got to do that Shaheem Reed work. And, like, 100%, like, he is a fucking monster. He's immensely talented, immensely driven, has so much vision, man. Like, I I love that motherfucker so, so much, man. I I learned so much from him. Mm -hmm. And it's weird. I don't call him a mentor because we we were more brothers riding side by side. But just watching Mm -hmm. him and and seeing how he goes about his his work had, like, a profound effect on me. So... Mm Uh, with the Jay interview, he helped me a lot. And he's just like, yo, he's like, Jay is just clever. It's not a lot of interviews that had like this. Like, you can't ask him a closed-ended question. 
And so closing the question is, if you give me a chance to say yes or no, right. I can just say yes or no. You know, you have to make it in a question where it's like, you can get them going and talking, right? So don't it's like, don't story. ask closing questions. Don't, you know, there was a couple other tips he had me, but that was the one. And, and, and that's like a journalism one-on-one thing, but like he pounded it like, yo, you don't understand. Like he's this or whatever, whatever. So, um, you know, I had like a, a yellow legal pad with all these questions and there were probably three things that helped me be successful. That was the first part. The second part was a little bit before that interview, uh, me and my man Hanif, uh, I think Lou. I think you know my man. Hanif, Hanif that's my boy. Yeah. yeah. Oh me yeah, too. Dev, you do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Hanif is like my version of like y'all up here, right? Yeah. So yeah. me and Hanif, I went to LA, and we ended up stopping by this shoot. Uh, it was a cover shoot for uh, I think like Latina magazine because the homegirl was working there at the time, and uh, they had a videographer shooting behind the scenes, and you know LA is a little different. They they New York is more like it now, but they hustle from like project to project per quarter and it's like, yo, I'm working on this show, but this show's on hiatus, so now I'm gonna do this. And so again, to do a like at the time thing, he was working on this show at the time that Fox Sports used to run, uh, called Sports Science, which now, you know, ESPN is acquired and it's kind of an ESPN property. Um, but back then it was kind of like, you know, you, it, it wasn't online, no social media. So if you caught it and you wanted to know and you knew this thing, you knew this thing. And mm-hmm. sports science, it, it was what it was. It's talking about the science of you know, sports energy and, 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 you know, how, um, um, you know, this football player has like the, the, the shakes that he has or how this basketball player has this pressure to, to his first step is so crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I did the, the Jay-Z interview, uh, I had mentioned that to him. I was like, yo, I want this interview to come like, before we're starting. I'm like, yo, I want this interview to be like, like sports science. Like, I'm really like kind of get them behind like the scenes and stuff. And, um, I, I, I think he knew about it. I can't remember if he knew about it or if I put him on to it, but there was a, there was definitely a visceral, like, yeah, light bulb going off. And so I had him at that point. This is before we started recording. So, you know, it, it, it helped. Um, and then like the third thing was all the MTV people, like, so this interview, I had to do that for MTV news, TRL, a bunch of different properties. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had a three camera setup, which was unique at the time for MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, usually like two setups, like the, the, the close and the wide. So we had like the close, the wide, and then we had a crane going back and forth. And um, uh, I remember everybody at MTV is like, yo, he's coming. He's going to be in 10 minutes. Like, we need you to get to the 25th floor. I'm on the 29th floor. And I'm like, yo, fuck that. I'm like, I'm not getting there before him. Like, I'm not going to be there. And he walks in. And it's like, hey, Jay, I'm waiting for you. I'm like, he's going to get there. Once he's there, then I'm going to come down. And y'all are going to introduce me because I need y'all to set me up. I need y'all to set me up. I can't be there. And then y'all do this. Like, I need it to work this way. And so, and I couldn't explain that to them because that's just not how they operate. And that's not right. So I just waited, waited, waited. Then I got the, the, the Blackberry Messenger thing. Like, yo, he's here. Where you at? And I'm like, all right, I'm coming. So, you know, there came you down walked in so then when they saw me they're like oh that's jason jay 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 so that way they can create like the pause and his attention oh. and be like yo this is the person quarterback that came Qu- up and hey. talked, yeah, you know you, you have to quarterback this shit man you have yep. you have to yep. quarterback this shit and so and this this is shit where it's like a lot of people where it's like it's kind of art of war and you don't need to kind of be as machiavellian as the art of war but you have to process and, and teach people how you want them to mm-hmm. teach you to treat you and set it up yep. otherwise yep. Like, it's just, if you can't teach people to help you, like, they're not going to help you on their own. They're either too scared or or the idea of power imbalance affects them. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, sit down for this interview, day before Thanksgiving. It's supposed to be 
20 minutes, but we sat for an hour and a half. We sat for an hour and a half. Wow. We talked about stuff. And, you know, and I had my shit cocked and ready to go. Even when I stumbled for a question or two, like, he would, he didn't go into his normal, like, all right, I'm going to do this and be this asshole. Like, you know, he was like, I got it. I, I'll pick real up. Real recognize real. Yeah. So we ended up having a dope interview. And um, MTV turned that shit into, uh, they used to have, like, best, uh, what's it, brand spanking music week. They changed it into brand spanking lyric week because I had gotten all this good uh, content stuff, and this was like the around American Gangster uh, album. Okay. So uh, it's bugged out. It's, it's ninety minute interview. They, they, I think they only ran like <laughs> like six minutes of this shit. I still have it, and uh, I keep awesome. telling people. I keep telling people on social media who follow me, like, and there's people who remind me all the time, uh, including like Ain't No Jigger. If you follow him on social media. Um, they're like, yo, do something with it. I'm like, yo, this is gonna be an anniversary for it. I'm just gonna cut it myself. I'm gonna okay. do my own documentary short and put the shit. Yo, on what YouTube. you should do is note down how many times you say, you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and <No>. so uh, <laughs> I'm also trying to remember because it's so long ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, do the interview. Hop on the bus late. Like I think I have to like wait standby. I completely missed Thanksgiving dinner. I think I showed up like eight o'clock. Yo, some families don't eat till eight. No. But but from that point, like, you know, that's established my relationship with Jay. So one time we were out for a birthday party at Spotted Pig, me, Hanif, and a couple other people. And we're on like the top third floor, which is again small, it's like my bathroom, small area. And um, (laughs) we're we're waiting for my homegirl to come through and the door opens and we think it's her. So we can say surprise and it's Jay. Oh wow! And, and Jay was an investor in this restaurant, and so he comes in, he sees me, and he's like, "Yo, Scooter, please, I'm gonna sit here." So he's, him and John Manili sit there, wow. and then um, I had, this our interview was not that long ago, so we was just rapping about shit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And so this is an example of shit that I haven't shared with like uh uh, uh, uh Dev and Lou. So yeah, like we're just like sitting there chilling, and so and Jay starts ordering shit, and he's like tapping, he's like, "Yo, tell your people like whatever." So you know, different shots. So I'm having shots with me, Jay, John Manili. He's ordering. Uh, different appetizers, you know, passing them around to like all my friends and, and we're like waiting. And then, um, you know, my homegirl, she shows up uh, for her birthday and Jay's like, yo, surprise. And then Jay's like, yo, we was going to wait to eat, but like they was hungry. And all the girls like, on y'all. And all the, but, but he had ordered the food. So then all yeah. the girls are like, nah, boo, they start booing him. Right. But, you know, ended up being a dope night. Dope night, that's what's up. Again, at another party, the night of my birthday, uh, him and Beyonce came through, offered me like shots. I was already tore up, so I was like, I can't do Jesus. it. And he's like, Yo, but if you're good, um, he's like, Yo, come like come back, like we'll get the shot. I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm already there. I'm already already there. I'm the man. I'm the man who's been showing off. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Right. there throwing the <laughs> fuck. Like, what you mean? I'm good. No, no. Yeah, that would be the time you that was definitely my, 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 <laughs> oh, my yeah. yeah, not a memorable moment. Right. So as you as you talk about like your catalog, uh, Cool J, um, yeah. we, I think it's very uh, similar yeah, I, to I everybody artists. except for Big J, obviously because they passed, and Eminem, but everybody else I interviewed. Right. So, so similar to, I think the, 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 the artistry, like in music, you know, you have this catalog of, of, uh, of, of work, right. Um, are there bodies of work that you, um, that you've collected or you've done where you didn't put it out yet? You know, it's like making that album of like 20 songs, but you know, only 14 are going to make the cut. Like what piece, what piece of work have you done that you feel like, 
ah, it's, you know, we're not ready for it yet, or I'm not ready for it to be out. Like, what can you tell us about that? I don't really have one per se because, you know, I'm like, I'm working on contract for companies. So it's like, this shit got to come out. Yeah. But I'll get, but I'll say with two, like one, um, when I worked at MTV, we should do the hottest MCs round table. And, um, oh, yeah, I, remember. I keep, I keep telling Shaheen, man, like we did one that never came out. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of controversy behind it. We recorded it mm-hmm. and filmed it, but it never came out. And, um, we don't have the footage, so it didn't have come up. But I'm like, Shah, I'm like, we should do a story about this, about why it didn't come out, whatever. So that that's probably one. And then um, the other, I don't know, it's probably like book, book projects that I want to do. Like I've been saying for years, I'm going to do this project on the year 1997, where I've like collected like some info here or there. Yeah. Um, that I have it, but um, you know, I, I I I keep going back and forth where I'm like, do I want to do a book? Do I want to make it this? Do I make it that? I think eventually I'll probably end up making it like a podcast, the 1997 podcast. Mm. Um, but th- that's probably like the closest thing to it. Okay. Um, no. So, but, uh, go ahead. Uh, no, well, what I was gonna say. But my thing is more about. I uh, since you are a cultural critic, I was just gonna ask about some things that are happening in hip hop and in general in the culture in terms of just getting yeah. your opinion on them. Uh, like, right. like, like verses. Uh, what is your opinion on verses? Mm-hmm. I think verses are dope. I think verses were super dope. I, I, the, the, I. So this is the thing. So we, I'll take it through my sphere to to what they're doing. So we, when there was like the big three again, like five double X, you know, we were gatekeepers at the time. That 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 era has long gone, and so our role is more like curator now. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I, and that's what Versus is doing. And I think the best example they did is when they did the one, the Memorial Day one, where they had uh, Bounty Killer and, and, and Beanie Man perfectly like on some new york shit memorial day uh those two like uh um, sound classics it was curated perfectly right um and you know i i i think i'd I'd like to see them have it a bit more consistent i think now that i think they're using their success as the barometer um and that's why they're being a little pickier rather than kind of just letting it go again like they're new so that idea of taking an l affects them more than not but you know like they parked three six mafia and, and bone um uh because they were going to do it on their own and they parked them and was like yo we're going to do it as a versus and that ship's been sidelined for like a month and a half you know mm-hmm. um you know I, I'd, I'd like them to have a bit more um a bit more uh what's the word i'm trying to say um metabolism with it and, and, and kind of be faster Nice. But otherwise, I think shit is dope, man. Right. I, 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 I personally, I like the Jonathan Austin and Neo one the best. Yeah, that's what I said. The same thing that was the best yeah. one so far, because right. I like to hear the, the the writers be having the best ones, man. Yeah, versus the, just the artists themselves. So, what about yeah. uh, Nikki and uh, Takashi trolls? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, so funny with that. So, I, I got a good Takashi story where. Uh, oh God, is there any I good Takashi stories? I, I almost got into it with Shadi. Um, oh, like Shadi was trying to like set it on me. Shadi was his former manager who got locked up, but we were going to do a piece with Little Yachty at Vivo, and it was just kind of like pizza party idea. We were in the Lower East Side, and we're like, you know, invite kind of some different like associates that you have, and we'll do this piece where we're interviewing you, but through the lens of seeing who you are as part of like, you know, kind of this like a, a crew of affiliates, and um, uh, he had invited a couple of people. One was going to be like Coach K. One was going to be somebody else. And uh, this, this wasn't a piece that I pitched, but, um, you know, I'm a hip-hop dude, so it's like, uh, you know, I got a sign to me, so I'm going to do it. 
And then it got to a point where they found out that um, he invited Takashi. And uh, my boss and some other people were unhappy about that. And this is when, this is pre him really like um, getting notorious, but he still had that reputation for that uh, case he caught um, with the underage girl. Right. Uh, so um, then at that point, they're like, yo, Jay, can you hit Coach K? We got it like that. This sort of, previous to that, they didn't, I, was, I wasn't a part of it. But then when shit's a fan, it's like, can you hit Coach K? Like, did it. So like, I hit Coach. But I can't get through it to him in enough time. And then, um, you know, Lower East Side, it's literally Lower East Side of Manhattan. It's right there at the Brooklyn Bridge and Manhattan Bridge. So, like, Takashi came over from Brooklyn, like, super fast. And so he was there. And he shows up. He has his hoodie on. And so, like, you can't see the rainbow hair. A lot of his tattoos are covered up. And, you know, he's just like a young kid. He looked like any young kid from the Lower East Side. And so he, at this point, he gets word that, like, he can't be a part of the shit. And, um... I actually was really impressed with him because he articulated his disappointment in the decision. And he was like, yo, but this is not about me. It's about Yadi and I'm not going to fuck up his look or whatever, but I disagree with your decision. And I'm sitting there and I'm like super impressed with him relaying this. And I'm like, yo, I get it. But I'm like, you're behind the eight ball and you have to work to overcome that. So the way you feel is honest and you should feel that way, but you're going to have to work to overcome this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it kind of ended like, like that. And then, like, Shadi comes through, and he's like, yo, who the fuck is doing shit or whatever, whatever. And, um, and this situation was like, I got to be the face of shit because I, I can't let my coworkers be the face of shit because I'll, like, get punched in the face. And so <laughs> um, I'm like, uh, I'm like, yo, like, we can't do this shit or whatever, whatever. We're going back and forth. And then it's so weird because I said, I, I said, like, fam to him. I forget the context, but I was like, yo, fam, whatever. And he's like, yo, fam. That literally set him off. Mm. And then... Um, it was almost like the Matt Barnes Kobe shit. Like he lunged at me and, uh, and I'm just there like, and I don't move. And, and I'm like, in my eyes, I'm like, all right, if you punch me in the face, like you're not going to beat me up. There's too many people back here. Like, right. And so like, I'll catch it. Oh, but like, I'm not going to get beat up. And right. so, uh, but, but later I didn't know like the whole backstory, like the bloods and all that other shit, yeah. like shooting that motherfuckers, whatever. But, um, you know, anyway, I say, I have to say like, you know, they were incendiary. Right. I mean, and he still is. Right. And so, it's like perfect for what he is like uh, Goomba and like trolls and all that. It's so perfect. Like with Nikki, I don't quite understand it. Like, I don't think Nikki is alienated herself to the degree where she has to align with them. Right, yeah. um, I think she feels like she's this victim and all this stuff, but a lot of stuff is self-inflicted, but I don't think she's in the depths of that where she kind of has to be like, yo, the only Alliance I have is with Takashi. Right. And, um, it's funny. I talked. About, I wrote this piece for NBC News like a, a year and a half ago, where it was about Nikki and Cardi, and they really wanted me to like do this piece that was like, uh, you know, some of the notes and the pitches. It made me a little uncomfortable, and I was like, "Look, I'm not gonna like knock Nikki and, and like a pedestal Cardi. Like, you know, th there's there's decisions that they're making, but there's also things that just aren't happening." They are just like the, the the what happens from being the new artist, which is Cardi, who's going to get the benefit of the doubt, and what Nikki's going to get uh, from the expectations of what she, who she's going to get compared to because she's number one. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And so, like I, I said, it say like with Nikki, like you know, it's it it a lot of it is unfair. Like she, they're, they're we treat this a combination of the professional scope and the personal fandom. They treat this in this position where. 
for women, there's kind of only room for one. Right. 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 Um, And we treat it like one king where it's like, you hear me talking about like hip hop and who's our top three. And it's like, there's enough room for Drake, J. Cole and Kendrick. Right. right? Right. But for women, we treat it like, yo, there's only one seat. And so with Nikki, like, you know, in parts, she is a victim of stuff and perspective and how we do stuff. Um, but you know, but she has also, uh, made some mistakes. And so right now, like with trolls, like, I, you know, I don't see the payoff for kind of aligning herself with him. And I don't necessarily see her having that need where it's like, yo, my back is against the wall. This is the only allegiance I have. Like, you know, there's probably a lot more that we don't know about in terms of her relationship with Drake and, 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 and Wayne, but it's not, it's not, I, I do know it's not irreparable. Right. Um, so, you know, she's not in the position where she needs to be to do this, but I, I think she, you know, she feels embattled for her own reasons. And so I, I guess I can't disagree with that, but. Right. All right. All right. Uh, well, I guess another, another thing I'd like, what are your thoughts on or, or, or your opinions on the Netflix special, the um, evolution of hip hop? Um, I haven't watched it yet and I should. Um, you haven't watched any of them? Oh, no, I t- I t- but I can tell you why. And my homegirl, uh, Anel, is uh, one of the booking pro- producers of it. Um, I So in terms of like hip hop stories, like I'm just, uh, there's a lot of st- like that, like, let me take you back to the beginning of the Bronx. Like th- there's a certain like storytelling device to some of these things that like, I'm just like, yo, I can't, I can't stomach to yeah, watch it. it. Um hmm. It's just like a professional where I'm just like, yo, like I could do way better than this. Um, you know, I know, I know it's evolved now where it's like season three or whatever. And it's, it's probably different than from season one when I had that initial feeling. Yeah. Um, um, and so, you know, my, my, my best answer is probably to be like, yo, TBD, like I just haven't gotten into it because of this, but that there is like experiences where I have where it's like, I think it was like two years ago where, there were like four different like Biggie and Tupac shows. Like there was one on A and E, one on USA. BET did one or whatever. It's perfect. They get irritating where you're yeah. like, yo. And then Slate did a podcast. They, they did a season three of Slow Burn was about yeah. about oh, it. And right. just kind of just like, yo, like these these are um, like you just can't keep spinning the wheels on the same thing. And especially when it's like I know shit that's just different. Like like yeah. like. I like I like tough like like Little C's is a good friend of mine. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Um, I know shit is different. Like Andre Harrell, rest in peace. Like I've no shit from him that he told me that's just not, not there. And it's not that they, it's not this shit where it's like, yo, we'll never say this. It's just the the story gathering of it ends up being so like rote where it's like, yo, let's just go back to like, and, and a lot of it ends up being like journalism devices where it's like, it's the same, like, you know, we have to make sure we get this where it's like, we're now in an era where there's a certain uh, portion of story that like you just don't have to hand feed to people because they can just find it themselves. Right, so instead, you. like yeah. let's, let's trust their instincts. Let's trust their intelligence and move forward. But like, I mean, it just even shit where it's like, um, like the locks, right. When the, when the locks left uh, 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 the Peterson yeah, museum, um, it's like they were supposed to roll with Biggie, right. They were all supposed to go together but there was a party that Andre Harrell was doing and Biggie had to go to that party first because Andre was, you know, he was president of Bad Boy at the time. And so like the, the party they were going to go to afterwards, Big is like, Yo, y'all go there first. I'm going to go touch this Andre Harrell joint and then I'll meet y'all. And so that's why the locks went ahead and they weren't part of that uh, um, uh, 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 um, 
carpool to kind of like went through like just shit like that it's just like different and it's not out there or and, and you know kind of gets frustrating where it's like you know this shit that like people who care about the shit like i do either as a professional or as a fan like you want to know especially like what with all of us and kind of like the generation we come through where it's like you don't want to hear the same shit it's been 20 and 25 years i don't yeah. want to hear the same shit all over and over again so you know what some of those That's like hip-hop crazy. productions and sound like yo i don't want to hear like Back in 1978, Cool Herc did this or whatever, and it's yeah. like, yo, mad respect to all of them. But it, at this at this point, like, it like the culture is so huge, it's so booming. There's so many different stories now. I don't want to hear that. And I think sometimes it, companies are in such a rush to be like, and let's tell the story about hip hop in London and Southeast Asia when it's like, yo, you don't even fucking hit Atlanta properly yet, or yeah. you don't even hit like. Right. But see, I think um, I think with the evolution of hip hop, because that's what I was expecting from it. That's why it took me a long time to even watch it because it's like how many hip hop. Uh, documentaries can you really yeah. watch, right? Yeah, something different. But I think with the evolution of hip hop, they took you through so many different angles of it, uh, and talked to so many different people that you really didn't even really you went you wouldn't pay attention to in your, in yeah. your natural hip hop life. Like, yeah, they actually talked to different people, so it was like a different. It was kind of like they kind of took it a different angle than yeah. what your regular, what you normally yeah. would expect. From. The, the, I mean, and they're they're hard, man. Like, I, I was a producer on the Bad Boy documentary, and that, I mean, they're. they're I, I can tell you there was two different versions of what were competing for what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And the version that came out on Apple music is not even one of those two. Like it's just, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're hard, man. Like there's just a lot of feelings. It's hard to like pull things together, like the competing interests, like, yeah, all, all those are hard. So like a huge admiration for just pulling it off. But um, mm-hmm. it's, it's more so it's, it's, it's probably me more so than them, but I haven't checked it out yet. Right. I haven't saved, but I just check haven't. It out. I want you to check it out and then let me know what you think. Yeah, <laughs> can I start from the beginning or start from a newer season? Um, you can start, start from the beginning. Yeah. Cause I think, I think there is some, some, not even, not even growth, but I think he tried, they, well, they tried to, to grab a lot of different things and try yeah. a lot of different angles. And just as a, even if I may know this stuff is like, and, and it brings back like good memories, maybe sometimes like, oh yeah, 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 I remember that kind of stuff. He does a solid job, and I think he tried to get as many different angles as possible. Yeah, yeah. That, that because people, I think that he one, that one, the same that way. one comedian is a part of it. Uh, what's his name? It's a uh, Indian com- a comedian from uh, Canada. Uh, oh, I forget his name. I saw him open up for Chris Rock, uh, but it, he his his, his company is involved in it somehow. Oh, okay, but I think it's almost like they took the angle that you you were speaking of, like because they got tired of kind of like looking at the same shit, like and he, he so I'm just hating, go, yeah, he tried to, he, yeah, he tried to take it a little a little different <laughs> angle. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so I gotta check it out then. I'm behind. I, I'll check it out. I'm gonna take your word for it and check it out. Yeah, check it out. Let me know. Right. Hey Jay, how do you um? The whole this whole interview you've been referencing back to like sports. How do you incorporate like your love of sports and your love of hip hop? How do you all you always seem to make that incorporation and that connection? Do you feel like that has helped you? Like, what do, what is the sports connection with you? Yeah, um, I, th- I think with sports, I, I think um, well, for example, the, the, it's easy to use sports for example because in in sort of like American culture, it's this. Uh, training ground that a lot of us know, right? You learn teamwork, um, yeah. how to move beyond yourself and, 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 and share the ball, right? Like an egalitarian offense and, and all these right. things and, you know, kind of these like values. And so I, I, that's why I think it's very prime for like examples. I use it a lot when I speak um, and I use it to, like when I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, what's your favorite sport? All right, boom, here's the example. Um, 
but but you know i mean the obvious easy thing is just like the competitive nature of it right like mm. they're they're even now like uh rob to go back to you like talking about like some of like the current like uh things that are happening in terms of like critique like you know hip-hop isn't in this stage now where lyricism is the primary currency right like, that absolutely used to be right um, but that still doesn't mean that with that uh, being de-emphasized that the competition aspect of it has waned right and so you know that i think that's the greatest like one-to-one thing of like hip-hop and sports um that can you can use and i think a lot of times like uh um the failing is like there's not sort of like the like like uh, uh win-loss record or the championship registered like sports that you like at the end of the nba season you know who's a champion um you know what's with 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 uh, versus or like uh, uh, Drake versus Meek Mill or whoever, like you know that that it ends up becoming that fodder for barbershop to debate that can end up being like endless, right? Right. right. Um, but I, but I just think that there's such a natural affinity because of that competitiveness that like another genre doesn't have, rock doesn't have it, um, pop music certainly doesn't have it, um, country doesn't have it, and you know hip hop and what that is and. I think the aspect of like the verbal jousting of it is is very similar to kind of the one on one with basketball or like yo this pitcher like I'm about to drive this shit out the park. Like I think I think a lot of that is a connection. And for me, in my work, I, like I mean, there's I use it as references when I write, right? Yeah. Like I, I remember I had this line a long time ago where I said uh, I was writing about LeBron James, and I said something. It was like LeBron James. I don't know if it was like Lance Stevenson or something, but I was like, yo, like LeBron James has money stacks bigger than you. And it was an easy like crossover reference of like basketball to mm-hmm. like whatever. Um, you know, I, I haven't had a chance to like utilize it. Like I've, I've had um, like, I, I, I interviewed <laughs> I, like, I interviewed to be like the editor in chief of Bleacher, uh, Bleacher Report where I had like three different meetings. I had like 14 different meetings with ESPN across three different states that, that, that kind of fell through at the end uh, where I would have had like a, a like prime space to like really do it. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of like a TBD. And then like, and then there's like, a lot of in the DNA of it, but I, I haven't been able to kind of like apply here. I, I have stuff written and one of my like things that uh, through my company and partnering with this production company, I, you know, I, I think I may be able to pull off, but it's still kind of TBD. No, like I, I like, know, like we, we've known each other for so long, and we've always used the, the analogies of sports to talk about pretty much everything. So it's it's always interesting to hear you talk. When I hear you doing interviews with other people and things like that, you always reverse oh, sports shit. because sports is like the great American like thing. I think too. Also, like the older I get, it's like again, like I used to be like a hip hop journalist, right? And, and, you know, become an independent producer to my company. But, like, and cultural critic has come when you get older, when you just, you're able to see the, the, the board from a better angle, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and yeah. a lot of the things that I, I like to talk about, it's like, I, I'm really big in talking about the idea of, like, the American dream. And so I, this Jeezy interview I did for Vivo, I like it a lot because we were talking about this. And, you know, I say something to Jeezy where I'm like, you know, the American dream is a lot browner than the population gives it credit for, right? Like, we still have this idea of, like, the Ken doll uh, 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 the white picket fence or whatever, but it's like, you know, like if, looking at all of us, like, yo, we have wives and houses and cribs and college degrees and, and, and mm-hmm. none of us look like Kendall, you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Um, and, 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 you know, when we look back of stories where you think about like what happened in this country, like this shit isn't like, it's, it's the example I've given lately is like, my, it's, it's only my dad, right? I can reach back to my dad who was young enough in his lifetime where 
he was living in Puerto Rico at a time where flying the Puerto Rican flag in Puerto Rico was illegal mm. because of U.S. occupation, right? Like, um, that's that's not, that's not, that, that, I don't have to reach back that far, right? Like, I just go like this yeah. and I hit it. You know what I mean? It's just easy. And so I, in, in my roles as a cultural critic, I, I kind of like to talk about like this aspect of like what what it means to be American and how it's changing and, and, and sort of like if you listen to your ideas and the definition of it, like what it means in actuality. And so I, I use sports a lot because sports is kind of like the great American see-through, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's that thing. It's, it's, you know, a lot of people say they love music, um, but it's not the idea of like, like sports is big, big big business like you know uh, um i mean you know you know there's, there's people who like suck at ball who make 17 million a year it's big big business that everybody knows <laughs> and right. so that, that's why i find it particularly useful to use sport a lot of time when i use it as examples i'm using it because i'm trying to make a bigger larger um, yeah well and then if you think about it like when you listen to, to music when you listen to music they always reference sports in the in the music anyway right right, mm-hmm. right. i mean so it's just there, there's so many there's so many different genres of music but there's only one basketball. Like there's college right. basketball, high school basketball, and professional. But it's really right. they play all the same way. Where that country yeah. guy is playing the guitar different than the rocker would, different yeah. than the R and B band guy. Would, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's different genres. Yeah. So I think and 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 and, and so it's like, um, you know, like uh, uh, Illinois, like winning the Big Ten conference becomes like national news. Little Uzi Vert debuting at number five on the Billboard charts. That's not national news, right? right? So right. it's like. Sports just has a bigger microphone on it, so it's a bigger uh, um, megaphone attached to it. So that's why I like to use it in terms mm-hmm. of like my critiques. And, and it's like, and I say this too, like Lou and I had kind of had like this pre-discussion about things uh, a week ago or two, where you know he made this comment, it, especially like in the environment now, what's happening with like this like referendum uh, 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 against like police brutality and like what's happening with like black people in this country. And Lou was like, "Yo, I always felt like like I didn't have the views like separate to anything. Like you, you." you always felt like you were a part of it. And, and, but that's particularly why I like to use like sport as a metaphor for this, right? Cause it's not, it's nothing clear to use for shit when you're critiquing and pointing at the parts of America. And, and when you think about the ideals of sports and togetherness and, and, and I want to say like unity on some shit, like all lives matter shit, but it's just a fundamental underlying shit where it's like, this is the way it's supposed to be. And you see how it works or mm-hmm. this is the way shit is not working over here. Mm-hmm. Um, now you mentioned your, your company uh, a couple of times, but did you say the name of the company or? No, no Smarty Art. Smarty Art, okay. Smarty Art. I don't know if the name helps me with anything, but it's Smarty Art. <laughs> it's um, it's just the idea of uh, uh, you know, it's 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 part like intelligent content, but also like um, assholeish, okay. right? Like okay. Smarty Art, motherfucker. Um, it it, it I, I created it because uh, years ago my man was working at Nike and we went to this uh, Nike ID event and we got a pass of like break all the rules to make our own Nikes and picking any like material and this and that, whatever. Cause these have like constrictions of how you can make your own sneaker. This shit lifted everything. And um, people are like, I'm gonna put my name on my sneaker. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not gonna put my fucking name on the sneaker. <laughs> and um, I was like, damn, I need a name. I need a name. And somehow just smarty art popped into my head and I put it on okay. my sneaker. I still have them. And then um, I was like, yo, that's gonna be my name of my company. And then like three years ago, I like paid a designer to create a logo and then um, it's kind of just been this like empty vessel for a long time. Uh, me trying to find definition, mm-hmm. gotcha. but I like in the last like year and a half, it's been like, all right, this is what it is. It's a, it's a, we're a development uh, company. Right. Nice. Well, now here's, oh. a, here's an interesting question, uh, real quick. Now, if I'm a, uh, a hip hop fan that is a 
um, young kids get off my lawn type of hip hop fan. What are the three Ooh. artists today that, oh, that, you, that, that you would recommend for, for somebody yeah. like like if I was that kind of per, like I'm, I'm yeah. not, but if I am, because I shout out to the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Baby's dope. I like the baby a lot. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a good. You're kind of not ish, if I remember from when you was at my crib. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'll say. Um, I think Polo G is really dope. Okay. Um, kid out of Chicago. He just dropped his uh, second album maybe like a month ago. I think it was really dope. He signed to Columbia. Um, um, I, I think he is able, he's a, he's not necessarily, he kind of has that like evocative, emotional pain thing that SoundCloud rappers have, but he's yeah. not necessarily a SoundCloud rapper. Um, not necessarily he has some remnants of like drill like chicago shit he's from chicago but i, th- I think polo g is like really really dope talented kid one of my young favorite uh rappers um uh who else it um, dropped the last month didn't it yeah about a month ago yeah i think fabio foreign is dope he has an a ep to just drop um i think with like brooklyn drill shit like um yeah like all of it sounds shit, of, but it's popping. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, th- I think I think he's a little bit different. Um, I, I, it's funny because it's like with that scene, it, it's really like Pop Smoke, uh, yeah. Chef G, and right. uh, Fabio Foreign. Um, Pop Smoke had like a really arresting voice, but right. but uh, some of his rhymes could really be cringeworthy. Like yeah. he's still mm-hmm. really like learning how to rap. Um, I, I, but I think this Fabio Foreign EP is, is 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 pretty dope. I like it a lot. Um, who else? Uh, yeah, I'd say Fabio Foreign, just just to check in what's on, going on with New York. Um, Polo G, young, talented rapper. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, Little Uzi Vert's not young, but he has my favorite album of the year so far. Um, yeah. Is there, is there a king of New York right now in hip-hop? I don't know, Cardi B? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think so, right? It's like... Yeah. I, I think that's also like a stale conversation. Like the, the the king of New York mattered because the king of New York used to also be the king of the game. Where right. Right. that's not like the, like the, the bullseye doesn't fall on New York's shoulders. So it's like if you complex this story like three weeks ago, who's the king of New York? And I was, I rolled my eyes. I was like, why? And you know, and and I mean, it's 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 Cardi. It's really Cardi. Um, right. But don't. But the populace would just never acknowledge that and want to kind of give that to a woman. But there's nobody who's like hotter who's doing it. Like really, like the, the Pop Smoke had really had like an underground kind of like burgeoning um, like movement. And I love seeing like Christian Dior and Welcome to the Party being used as protest music. It's it's kind of like a surprising uh, choice that's used, especially when a lot of people are like, "Yo, we need new Kendrick and this and that." And I, I kind of liked how like. Kendrick was used two and three and four years ago, but like pop songs being used now, I, you know, I kind of, it, it speaks to the difference of time where it's like, there's more of a demand for equality rather than an announcement of it. Yeah, and so yeah. I think the aggression of pop smoke yeah, um, is a nice compliment. That to- like it's totally to that. stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think that's pretty dope. I, I think my, my, I think the artist I'm listening to, because I am not the only alone. Oh, you know what's a good one artist. too? Boldy James. Boldy James might be a good one. But I like Sleepy Hollow. Um, Behind, yeah, Bodie James did a, did a did an album with uh, Alchemist. Um, I, th- I think it's got like a good one. Um, what do you say? What you think about Roddy Rich? Yeah, yeah or nay? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's out of here at this point. I, I, hope, I hope he gets nominated for Best New Artist. Yeah. They just changed the Grammy nomination and, 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 and rules, and um, it's kind of bullshit, but I hope it becomes bullshit that helps benefit him. But, right, right. yeah, Roddy's out of here. Yeah, Roddy, I know that Roddy Rich was the first artist that my son told me about and you told me about. So I, <laughs> that kind of like generational gap was was, yeah. uh, was actually formed, and I was yeah. like, yeah, he and he is kind of dope. So I like, Yo, yeah, you know, for a long time, like because you know, um, with Josh, like he he into to rap and shit, right? right? And so he used to always like play these weird artists to me. Well, I would consider them weird because they wasn't my Jay Z, you know, my Pac and Biggie shit, right? right. And get so, off my lawn, Yoda. yo. Get but that's the thing. Lawn. Like for a long time, I was hating on these artists, and then I'm like, yo, you know what? I'm not hate on them because some of them were actually dope. And then another thing was like, we had some dumbass artists that sounded yeah. stupid back we then. We had dumbass artists too. <laughs> we covered uh, quite a bit. Um, I, th- I, think, I think I had another question. I don't remember what it was now. No. Well, one that I one that I had to, as as that that uh you you touched on a little bit when you talked about you know, just kind of your journey and, and companies that you've uh, entertained or interviewed at. Um, one that was um, near and dear to you and that I really, uh, really felt the momentum behind it that I don't think has um, come to fruition yet was your idea that you pitched to um, ESPN. Um, you know, are you still, um, are you still, even though that, even though that you pitched it or had the idea to pitch um, oh, the yeah. idea to them? Uh, right, right. Oh, well, no, I'm still gonna, um, I'm still gonna use that. I'm still, I'm okay. still working on developing I, I, that. Yeah, I, I didn't want to, like, I didn't really know how to, like, touch on it exactly without, you know, yeah. giving out your idea. But yeah. it was, it's one that I know that um, I felt like will be super impactful. Yeah. Um, and, and, and will be around for years to come. I mean, it, it kind of gave me the, the feeling when I started watching uh, Last Dance um, yeah. um, through ESPN that I felt yeah. like, uh, you know, was, you know, would be that kind of up close and personal um, interview. So, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. So it's, 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 part, it's funny, man. Like you, so like I've had like really good jobs and worked at really dope companies. Like I, like I worked at MTV News and like I was impactful at MTV. Like I went to Michael Jackson's funeral and I was like the only person on MTV there, right? Like mm, I worked okay. at Double XL. I, I had a big hand in like a freshman list. I worked at Vibe. Um, You've had to cancel spring break with the fellas to cover stories. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I forgot all about that. Me, me Dev, and Mid-Ike were supposed to go to a spring break and I couldn't because I had to go to Summer Jam. And um, yeah. I think that might have been the summer jam that like Kanye and Swiss Beats were battling, which was kind of mm-hmm. like the precursor to verses. Um, but um, it, it, and and I, I'm appreciative of all those jobs. And recently, I was I had a meeting with a company, and I was talking, and they were asking me something about uh, my like like off hip hop like experience. And I made this comment like, you know, if I had all the jobs that like I got close to, if, if I closed on them, it, my resume would look different. And, you know, and it's, it's interesting because it's like you, so I've had like serious conversations with ESPN, Bleacher Report and Complex. And those are the three that like I didn't uh, get for circumstances that uh, some were out of my control and some were just like happenstance to, to machinations that went on internally that, that I, there was nothing I could have done. But, you know, you get so deep into them and, you, and, and you're moving on from round to round to round mm-hmm. that you just, for me, I, like, I get armed with ideas, right? 
And I, 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 you know, it's just a result of going through this experience where it's like, yo, these were really good ideas and I don't want to give them up. Like, I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to just like drop it and be like, all right, yeah, that was a good idea. It didn't work, whatever. I'm like, damn, right. this was dope. And yeah. I think like for me, like the number one rule, I always like to say, like to take it back to when I was talking about like managers, when it's like, don't be the manager that you disliked, right? Like it's also, it's like for me as a, as a creator and as a producer, like I don't want to forget who I am as a consumer, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I read a lot of shit. Like, like, look, this is my table right next to me. I do like one look and it's like, there's like 12 different magazines, right? Like mm. I'm just like a huge, and that's like 12 magazines of like 40, right? Like I'm just a huge uh, consumer. I forgot, I forgot I even had this, the Kobe anniversary. Uh, um, well, yeah, I got that, I, I'm just, a, I'm just a huge consumer of content, man. Like mm-hmm. yeah. reading and writing and, 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 and watching different things and listening to different podcasts. And, you know, th- there's, there's things that, that I get excited about. It's like, you know, storytelling devices and techniques and coverage and different things. And, and even when like certain places do stories and I'm like, nah, but you didn't get it. Like, this is what we remember about it. Um, that I just don't want to like let go where I'm like, damn, this is a really good pitch. And I'm like, yo, I got to figure out a way. And, and, and I went through this experience. So I, I, I've like danced with ESPN twice. And my second time dancing with them, it was like, I met with them in, in New York LA. I went to Bristol to the campus. Like they invited me and my wife up there. They they they, they pointed to different like communities to live at. They were like, "Yo, look at places to live at." Like I was in deep, and um, yeah, I just had this like this idea that I thought was just really like sterling, and it fell through. And so then I'm like reverting back to like music journalism. So I can I couldn't place this idea anywhere, right? But I'm like, man, this is really good. So, uh, you know, as of recently, like I, I started developing that idea because I'm like, yo, I, I know enough people I can take this somewhere. It's just, it's just, it's just really good. And, and kind of like the point back to you, Lou, like it's a sports thing where it's like, it's, it's a sports story that I can take somewhere where it's like, you know, like I've, 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 a, I've studied journalism. I know storytelling. It doesn't matter if it's sports or music or this or that. Like I, I, I know all the techniques of it. I'm just going to put it together now that, the, you know, the skill that I'm trying to acquire is, you know, moving on my own and taking it um, and, and delivering it because it's, it's I, places always need stuff that, you know, internally they might have hiccups because of the, like, we've always done it this way, but they won't know they haven't done it that way until it gets presented as a, as a new way. I think oftentimes that comes from outside, not inside. So right. that's kind of like new steps. Yeah. yeah. So, but, the, but to, you know, long and like short, like dev, like it's still coming. Like that, yeah. I'm, I'm good. So, I'm good. so they're not, so they're, not set, they're not set back. They're set ups for something bigger and better. Right there, you go. Yeah, there. yeah. I, I, I never, you, you know, it's like you, you, I, you just have to get comfortable with like eating L's, man. Like it's, it's, um, I, 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 I the, 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 the complex experience that I had, like it, it. So you know, I've always wanted to be an editor in chief, and the idea of being an editor in chief it just changed so much because again, there's not these magazines, and so. It, it, it changed in different where it's like, you know, there a successful media company is now more than writing. It's like writing and branded content and video and, 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 and it's off platform and it's emerging platform and, and it's this and that or whatever. And, you know, I went through this, this, this situational complex where, you know, and I got hired, right? Like they hired me to be their GM and, you know, they pulled the offer, but I view it as like, that was, 
their decision, but like right. me getting it, it affirmed what I needed. Right. right. Um, but I, I you know, I, I just come to this point in my life where it's, it's, I realized like, you know, like wins, wins just tell you what you already knew about yourself, right? Like losses tell you about the portion of yourself that you didn't know you needed to grow. Right. right? And so like, I just, I, I, you know, and to go back to like what I was mentioning with like the way that like L's used to like sting earlier. He's like, damn, I took this L. Yeah. And at the time, like you think it means so much, mm-hmm. but it, it, it doesn't mean what you think it does. It's not the setback. It's, it's, it's just information of like what you didn't know you needed to grow. Right. So it's like right. now, if I, you know, I catch an L and I'm like, all right, cool. Like I didn't see that. Now, yeah. now I see like, this is what I need to like, you know, pack it up and like learn more and, and, learn and figure more. out like what opportunity yeah. I have. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, man, I think, I think it's interesting when you can just like grow older, but like keep a young mind. Like I, I, I always say yeah. like, what I do at 40 now is not that different than 14, right? Like when I was 14, mm-hmm. man, it was like come home from school, like listen to rap and, and, and basketball, right? And it's like mm-hmm. the same thing now where it's like, yeah. you know, like you know, like Dev, like we, you know, we have these Sixers season tickets, Rob, like, you know, it's like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. super in the, in, the, in the hoop and hip hop, right? And and it's, yeah. it's you know, just pre-naturally the way where it's like I'm checking out Embiid and Ben Simmons. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm naturally checking out like Quando Rondo and – um, you know, Chef G, right? Like, I'm not going to be like, yo, you know, we have barbecue. Like, yo, let's put on that Mob Deep infamous album. Like, <laughs> and I, I, I always say this, like, like uh, my man KP, KP, in, in my eyes, he's like the greatest hip-hop A&R of all time. He uh, he signed T.I., he A&R Confessions. Uh, he works for Pharrell now with I Am Other. And, like, me and KP have this conversation where we're always like, yo, like old music, will, if, we, if we're in the right places, old music will find. If I go to the right barbecue, Illmatic will find me. I, I don't have to seek it out and play it. <laughs> so instead, I can just use my, my, my energy to like keep up with new, new, new. The old shit will come to me, right? If, if I'm going to the right shit, I'm going to have plenty of opportunities to electric slide, plenty of opportunities to do the wobble. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be straight there. But like, I just have to keep up like new, 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 new. And, um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. so is that your opinion on like on like Griselda, Westside Gun, all, all like all that? You know, it's funny. Griselda is like Russell Westbrook, right? Like everybody's shooting threes, and it's like what Russell Westbrook is still successful shooting like pull up twos and doing that. But he's also an exception to the rule, right? And so it's like I, I got into this back and forth with like a really good friend of mine, uh, Alvin Blanco, uh, on Twitter, where he's like, "Yo, you know, like there's Griselda," and I'm like, "Yeah, but there's a one." Right, like they're, they're just the one, and always keep it like a hundred with them. Like I like Benny a lot, but like, and, and Conway is dope too. But like you know, um, like they're more flashes of verses than projects. I think Benny puts really good projects together. I like Benny's project. Um, Conway has like really good uh, verses. Um, uh, fuck, why can't I think of a uh, homeboy, the third dude who started the whole shit? Um, Help me out. Um, that was the West Side Gun, uh, right? What's that? What's yeah, West Side Gun. Yeah. It's like West Side Gun. It's like you know, like Hitler wears Hermes. Like ah, th- like they're okay. Like he's cool, <laughs> but like again, like I, and I love the movement and everything they're doing. But they're also they're very much the exception to the rule, right? right. Like there, there's gonna there's not gonna be three Griseldas and four Griseldas. They're gonna be like a lot more like Polo G's, little TJs, um, uh, uh, 
and just like all along like that line like it, i mean it's just tilting to where it is like the, just the, the currency of lyricism is just not the thing right now and um do you think that you know, will I'll, I'll, maybe maybe, that- maybe maybe not like you know shit shit I, it, it's it's tough because it's like that you know historically that's like the tradition of like New York right and and, and that's why I fell in love with hip hop like I'm a writer I like words I love decoding shit like that's why like Jay Z so fascinating to me Biggie so fascinating to me like I, and I think maybe that's probably like why I like the little Uzi Vert album because he's like so of the like new sound but like Uzi especially on like um, Eternal Take like he's fucking he's spitting you know what I mean yeah. um. It, it, it's, it's, it's super unfortunate like Juice World is going like Juice World yeah. had that ability yeah. too like yeah. Juice World could do all that like the press shit move from moves and vibes and sounds but like Juice World could freestyle and spit right. and you know I, I don't I don't think you I don't think that has to be your main function but like with any basketball player like you could say like oh it's about layups and three pointers but when the playoff comes like Jalen Rose says like like yo they're, they're game planning against shit so you just gotta get buckets yeah, and sometimes it's a fucking two. And that's what Kawhi Leonard does. Right. And, you know, having that ability to spit, sometimes it just matters. Sometimes it's gonna, sometimes you may get attacked by a peer and you're going to have to fucking spit. Right. And mm-hmm. you Or you can end up it. like, um, who? what's the boy name? That, the uh, designer, when he did the uh, the freestyle on the Funk Flex. Uh, Timmy Turner? Oh. No, nah, it wasn't in the Timmy Turner joint. He did some other shit that was just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> It was yeah. bad. Like you're not a you're not a rap. Like you can't you yeah. can you're not a freestyler. Let me put it that way. Yeah. But you got to be prepared when you you know you're going on somewhere yeah. that you really had to spit. Like right, right. right. Or, or just just don't do it. Like don't spit. Right. Or just thing. say no. Like, that ain't my thing. You don't, like, yeah. you don't have to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he could do the interview, but just don't. You can just say no. Nah, we ain't doing a freestyle. Yeah. Like. Hey Jay, what's the what like you said, uh lyrics used to be the currency and it's not yeah, the actual access. What's the what's the what's the, the currency, currency now? Yeah, yeah what's, what's the biggest currency I mean, now in hip hop? I guess vibe, vibe and, and moodiness of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of remnants. Not even it's a lot of remnants of like SoundCloud rap. No, it's yeah. like, production plays a part in it. But it's like, you know, it's production meeting like and I think you see that reflected in like what the Grammys were trying to do when they renamed best rap song collaboration into best rap song, best melodic performance. And so, you know, they're trying to stay on part, but like, you know, that, that category, it's funny cause I just did a, a, a live interview on that like three days ago, but it's like best rap song performance. It was very clear. You got what it was, The it didn't need to be renamed. It needed to be nominated better. Right. And, um, I think them changing it to best, uh, melodic performance is like, on one hand it's like all right cool it's kind of in the idea of now but it's so cosmetic and and mm-hmm. i said so i'm somebody who like if you follow me on twitter right here uh oops, <laughs> if you follow me on twitter like i'm i'm super i like I, i'm 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 very hard on the grammys man like i i, I get i rail against the grammys almost anytime they release information uh because they're just so robotic and they just don't yeah operate like a group that cares about music and they and they and they 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 operate under this like when they say like it was approved by the board of trustees it sounds like it has this weight there's four of them like (laughs) fuck out of here man like there's more there's literally more of us right here than the fucking board of trustees (laughs) right so they they try to throw this weight like the board of trustees approved this shit it's like man fuck y'all man like 
Y'all mm-hmm. sound like fucking robots, man. Like, just nominate the shit better. Don't change the name. Right. But anyway, I digress. But it, yeah, it's more like the melodic intent. And I, I think that's like ultimately will be like the legacy of like SoundCloud rap, right? Like SoundCloud rap, which Juice World emerged from and Trippy Red. Um, I think Trippy Red's super dope. But, and, you know, it's it's kind of like this mismosh of like this emotion and this pain. And, and SoundCloud, they, they, you know, they label their shit like rock and roll and they, they don't label it hip hop. I have a little bit of problem with that, but anyway, but they, you know, they tap into this like emotion and sound and pain. And a lot of it is like, again, the remnants influences of like Kanye West, 808s and heartbreaks, which is probably like the most influential album in the past 30 years. Great. And Kid Cudi and kind of this idea of pain where, you know, um, the, 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 the hero used to be, or, or not the hero, the main protagonist in rap used to be the drug dealer. Now yeah. it's the drug user. Right. Yeah. And I think that's that's changed a lot of mm-hmm. the, the perspective of things, you know? Mm. Peace. That's interesting. That was a good line right there. Yeah. That was a bar. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I think I said that already. Straight spit. <laughs> <laughs> I think you heard me say that, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, it, but you know what's funny? It, it's there, there, there used to be such a huge influence of um drug culture. Um uh, that's a huge influence of depression. Yeah, like um, I mean, I, I kind of can dig the new music a little bit because it gives the the kids an opportunity to express their self in this depressed mode and like. But the, the, the drug dealer used to be like the first influencer, the first yeah. style icon, the, yeah, the first hustler. VC funding, the first round of funding, right? And it's it's funny, like the uh, the first um, the first the, actually the last conversation I had with Andre Harrell in person, not like do text. Um, we were in Atlanta and I remember I, I was at the revolt summit and, um, I go down to the lobby and I see him, he's like eating breakfast by himself. And I, I go and like, I like check in with him. I'm like, yo, what's going on? And he's like, yo, you know, and I think everybody here knows who Andre Harrell is and, and your listeners should be, but like who don't like Andre Harrell is like founder of Uptown Records, um, uh, discovered Mary J. Blige, uh, Put Holly Berry in her first movie, Strictly uh, Business, uh, um, executive producer for New York on the cover. Put Jessica Alba in her first starring uh, movie, just uh, with uh, Honey. Like, Andre Herrera was like, brilliant, brilliant dude, right? And so I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, what's up, Andre? Like, what'd you do last night? And he's like, yo, me and Puff were, uh, went to the strip club last night. And I'm like, oh, word, like, like what's the deal? Like, what, what, uh, like, what was popping? What? Like, what's going on? And he's like, yo, he's like, He's like, yo, there was all these like, like, like motherfuckers that were like these like gold watches, right? And I'm like trying to follow on like what he's talking about. And he's like, yo, he's like, I, he's like, I couldn't figure out like like who they were. He's like, they weren't tall enough to be like basketball players. He's like, but they weren't grimy enough to be drug dealers. And he's he's like literally he's like trying to figure out like who they were. And I'm like, I don't, I'm like, yo, maybe they were scammers. Maybe they're like pill poppers. But you know, it was just tough because again, like the, historically, like that, like especially in Atlanta, you're thinking like BMF making right, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but but again, like the placement of where drug dealers existed is, is kind of waning because again, like they, their business is being disrupted too mm-hmm. due to technology, just like everybody else's business is being disrupted. But you know, that drug dealers should be like a huge influence um, on hip hop and you know, it's just changing. And, and again, like the, all that leads into like the point, whether I made it or you made it, Yoda, like a point where it's like <laughs> the, the main protagonist of hip hop used to be the drug dealer. Now it's the drug 
user and that plays into now where it's like the, the currency of hip hop it's like it's it's that vibe of uh, uh, you know loneliness depression or whatever and and it's it it first got introduced with Kanye 808s and heartbreaks Kid Cudi Drake but now it's that meets pills right yeah and that's where you get yeah. like uh, uh um fxx extension yeah. uh, uh trippy red juice world etc cetera, etc cetera. and and now it's kind of being updated with like the the the, the, the polo g's who that's not their, their their they're not rapping about that but there's there's flourishes Same of that yeah. with this sound but they spit a little bit and it's different and right. yeah, yeah. But, but, and i think that's also like the greatness of like what hip-hop is right it's so wide and, and there's so much depth and, and breadth to it now, right? Where now mm-hmm. there's there's so many subgenres that can collide and influence things to make an artist. And it's not and just, oh, you rap, this is trap, this is West Coast. Like now it's all this mix and am- amalgamation of shit. Yo, and I mm-hmm. think that's what got uh, Smoke, uh, Pop Smoke popping is because like he kind of was taking it back to the hustler, grimy, gangster type type vibe versus what everybody else was doing with the whole melodic sound and the yeah and the the freaking uh auto tune on there and all that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peace pop smoke. That's my boy too. Yeah. Nah. So, the, the pop smoke shit hurt, man, because it's like my my uh again, you know, you get in this business long enough and you make your allies and friends and it's like um Nipsey's manager was like my man, like uh the dude who signed Pop Smoke is like my dude. And it's like I remember my homegirl posted a picture of like those two guys and I'm like damn man like these are my two like brothers and like they fucking have to Most deal with this shit man right. like yeah. shit, is, shit, is, shit is rough man it is rough I know I have my thoughts on the, the FX show Dave have you seen it? nah you know so funny I um I have him because I probably have the same like hateration with like hip hop evolution um because I'm not a little dicky fan but I, I, ha- I have a couple friends who are like Super anti Little Dicky, who are like, yo, the show is great. Right, I'm not a big um, Little Dicky fan. In terms of, it's music, probably more so my, my show, bandwidth. The show was actually pretty yeah. dope. I thought the, the I, heard, I heard, I heard, I heard it's music. really dope. Yeah. yeah, I heard, I heard it's really dope. Which I can imagine too. I mean, there, there's do sometimes people just have to figure out what they're good at. Yeah. Right? Like, there's this kid who signed the E1, uh, Token, white dude named Token, who he does he I know, but he does like crazy numbers. <laughs> He, he does he does crazy numbers. Um, he's but he's not he's he's okay. He, it's not like he's trash, but he also directs his own videos. And I'm like, direct. He, he I'm like yo, but he's also like 21, 22. Like mm-hmm. when he comes thirty, I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes Jerry Bruckheimer when he's thirty. Right. Like it's like this is the thing you're supposed to do. Right. You're mm-hmm. rapping now, but like you should do this thing. And you know, and, and Little Dicky's kind of that same way where it's like. He even if I hate his rhymes, he's a, he's he's an interesting. He has a presence. A character, yeah. There's something that you yeah. know, like he can command attention. There's there's value to that. You have to figure out what that thing is, and it seems like the show is that. He's trying to do more acting than rapping, but you know sometimes you need your entry point. And the reason it bothered me goes through other things, which kind of stem back to like why I got into hip hop journalism, where it's like you know this idea of like protecting this culture, and you know. The fact that like you can like wade through and 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 do this to get hot but move on yeah. with like um you know like like for like ASAP Fur can't like step his toe in the shit and move on like you know what I mean and, mm-hmm. and it's just the politics of that and I don't mean politics like the like bureaucracy just it's just like the politics of like blackness and whiteness and privilege and not that mm-hmm. like 
that like bothers me sometimes where it's like gotcha. you, know, you can do this for a second and you have the privilege to move on uh, where it's not like that that nobody's signing Ferg to do some shit which and I think Ferg I think, Ferg, probably I, think Ferg, Ferg, I think Ferg I think Ferg should be a director like I've, I've had I've had long conversations with Asap Ferg where I'm like yo the way he speaks and thinks I'm like you should be a director uh, and you know those opportunities aren't coming to him for reasons that are embedded into the structure of how this country operates. Right. Man, unfortunately, sometimes sports, uh, sports Lou. Unfortunately, we have to sometimes do it ourselves and make sure, <laughs> and make them come to us. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta do it yourself. But that's the thing too. I'm glad you brought that up, Rob, because I was thinking about this yesterday when I was running. Now I'm all the way charged up. But it's like <laughs> you know, with with hip hop, with with the business of music and how it shit operates, like. They, they pop music and other sounds of music, they sign artists to invest in them. For black mm-hmm. music, they want them to prove it first right. on their own. Right. Get yeah. hot, yeah. rapper. Right. Show yeah. me your numbers. Yep. And then I'm going to bring the bag to you when it's like, yo, that for, for pop and those other shit, they invest in the talent. Right. For yeah, other shit, they want to invest in their proven ability. And it's like, no, no, don't invest in my proven ability partner in my proven ability right, right. There, there should be a much more of an equitable share that happens and and, and you saw that with like what, what happened with like blackout tuesday which started as like a music industry thing where there was all these discussions about like recording contracts and what's fair and what's not but it's it's it, there should be a discussion the idea of like if i've proven this on my own and i've done audience development and i have this like what? What is what the label bringing? What, yeah. what what is a label bringing other than financial right. accountability? Yeah, exactly. And not to say that that's not a viable thing, but there should be more, right? Let's if, 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 again, if hip hop is the number one genre that's happening across board through Apple, Vivo, Spotify, Amazon, etc., then then you know things need to be more than just like oh they got to offer this big advance. Mm-hmm. Like no, give give a big advance. Give give a shorter half life for when you can get your masters back. Right. Uh, 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 create a, you know uh, something where it's like you see that like I have this vision also. So invest in the idea to transition me to do this because you're a multinational corporation that has your fingers in music. All and yeah. Yeah. Now, now, what would you think? Right? Like, now, what would you say the cause of that? Is it because like sometimes like like in like hip hop, sometimes your manager started off as your boy, so he might not have known or your girl. But, I, but I, don't, I don't think it's man. I, you know, I don't think it's management. Like a good if you so again, anybody who's watching this, who's from Delaware, who's trying to get on, and I want to say this looking straight at the camera because I don't speak enough to Delaware, right? Like enough people who are watching this, you you just need a manager who has hustle and initiative and moxie. You need somebody who is going to, is, and you need somebody who's not afraid to make a phone call, right? Like that's really what you need. The, the people who have connections and all that shit, you can get that in other ways, right? And if your manager has enough hustle, they'll meet the people who have connections and they'll be able to sniff out bullshit. You'll find a lawyer, you'll find this or whatever. You, you're going you're gonna to get knocked back on your ass a couple of times. But again, you need to have a manager who is not afraid to keep moving forward, eats L's. I got an L, eat that, boom. Learn from that. Move forward, but it's it's not it's not managers. It, you're going to run into companies that again, companies rely on. We've always done it this way, right? Com- companies aren't risk takers, yeah. you know. By, right. by virtue, they're trying to protect their history and how things operate because things are fine. Yeah. There, no, there's no company that's going to say we make profits this way, 
But if we pivot and switch and lose money for a year, we'll make more money this way a year later. No, no, no. They want to burn it out that way. And then because they have the reserve, they can switch and pivot when it's time. But they're not going to be forward thinking. At that point, you see a manager who has will and ability, right? Like you, I always say this, right? What's more important? You'll never be ready. But if you have a willingness to accept the challenge, that means more than anything, right? Like how many of us are are, are ready to get married? You don't know. You just have to be willing to get married. Then on the other side, you see, right? Like that's how it is for a lot of things. You have that manager that'll take you so much farther. And then along the way, if they have the capacity in them to grow and create vision, then they'll see like, these are the things along the, I see what we've achieved and I want this. I see what we've achieved. I want more. I've seen this. Mm-hmm. And then you have to push the companies because the, the, there's no way these companies are going to say like, you know what? We want to do this for you. They don't want to do shit for you. They want to mm-hmm. fucking eat. They want right to eat. They want to make yep. money. They're not nefarious, but they, they just have house money. Right, why right. would they change shit up? Why, right. why would they be forward thinking when their money can correct anything yep. uh, for them That's to just true. catch up? You know what I mean? So it's like yep. that, that as long as you have a manager who's willing and has drive to go forward – and you think that they can grow because you can't judge your growth at the moment, but if you trust right. in them to grow, that's, that's the part that it gets you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, I, you know, and, and, you know, that's particular to entertainment. I think there's some viability in that as a see through, through other industries, but particularly to entertainment, just somebody who's willing and, and go. And I think that's why you see so many relationships that are successful where it's like, they're the same age because they have mm-hmm. the same hustle and values, the same right. things to lose and gain. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, 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 I'm too old to manage a 20 year old. It's just different. He's ready right, to go, right, go, right. go, go, go. And I'm like, I got to put my daughter to sleep. I got to do right, this. Right. It's, not, it's, it's just different. It's not going to work. You're young. Mm-hmm. Find somebody your own age. Go like that. That right. will take you a long way. Right. It's not managers. It's the, it's the companies. Right. Well, no, my, my question was more about because the managers wasn't able to push. Oh, I'm sorry. Cause they didn't. I mean, that was, that was good. <laughs> but in terms of like being a manager, being young or maybe not, especially like if you're coming from like the hood and they give, just give you this, Hey, $50,000 advance. You're like, ah, I'm eating now. I made it. And they didn't have the wherewithal or the business acumen to say, no, nah, we deserve more because now like hip hop is the number one genre. It's like, so how do you, is some of that was some of that the fault of, of, of it in terms of not being able to push back or didn't even know they had the ability to push back. Yeah. No, I mean, I th- I th- if there's anything I'd like to see is I want more, I want more people in our culture to be open to like, I'd like coach K to be able to talk to whoever's managing little TJ to be like, yo, these are some of the contracts I've gotten and gotten fucked on. Right. Like, right. and just open up because that, that, that's not going to hurt coach K's pocket. Right. But it'll go a long way to helping little TJ's pocket. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's very little that he has to give to pay it forward. Right. And, you know, I, I, I just, I just want in our community to, things to be shared more where, and, and again, I'm somebody who likes L's and I'm comfortable taking L's, but I'd like to be like, yo, if there's a way that, that you can sustain not taking an L, Let's yeah, let's yeah, let's speed up that development. You know, right, I, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see that a lot. And I, I think, um, you know, especially like sometimes lawyers are handcuffed on like, you know, confidentiality agreements. But like our lawyers and our group, like our black lawyers and, and Hispanic lawyers, like they, they know the most. They're going through contracts with artists and executives, right. you know. And, you know, I, 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 I would like some 
bit of like them sharing more game just across the board, you know? Exactly. And also too, it's like, if you're successful in one, like, it's like, like I've been successful as a journalist, right? There's shit that I want to do as an independent producer. And it's like, you know, I don't want it to be, or if I want to be a book author, right? I don't want to feel like I have to start from scratch. I want to enter the room with the same degree of success that I've had doing. I don't yeah. want to the room like, I'm a new author. Right. Like, nah, fuck that, man. Like, I've done this, 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 and that. Like, help me bridge the gap. Like, right. don't, don't don't treat me as some shit where it's like, it's this or whatever. Like, nah, you know I'm viable. You know this shit. Or, or even, you know, now it's like, I, I reached out to my homeboy who, He's had some shows greenlit himself and got paid for it. I'm like, yo, I need to pick your brain and, and talk about it. Uh, but I'm like, these are the specific questions I got to ask. Like, I'm not asking you to how, I'm asking you how to negotiate. Because I think sometimes uh, people have a reluctance to the how. And it's like, all right, cool. I don't need to know the how. But I, mm-hmm. I, I need some financials because you know it. And me asking you this is not going to hurt your pockets. It's right. out my pocket. So right. I, I'd like to see a lot more of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Well, well, I guess on that, I guess we're wrapping it up in terms of uh, what, um, I guess, what things are coming in the pipeline for Smarty Art uh, that we can expect in the near future once COVID, I guess, is uh, pretty much done. Now, um, it's funny. I used to always say, like, I can't talk about stuff. I don't want to be like a VH1 loving hip hop (laughs) chick who's posting pictures about meetings. I got to stop saying that because now they become my friends. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to, like, disrespect. Any of those, um, those, those women. Nah, it's it's um, it's it's. I, I will say this, man. Like I, I'm, and I don't want to rally like I'm like yo against corporations and all this or that or whatever. Like they they have amassed success and money, so they can make the decisions they make. It's on us to put pressure mm-hmm. on things, and you know, and, and it's with all things, right? Like the the um. You know, culture is set from the bottom up, right? Mm-hmm. That's why protest dictates stuff, and that's why even when Obama was a president, he's like, "Go and protest, set 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 fire to 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 your local politicians," and that sets the machinations to get up to him. And it's like, it's it's for me, you know, it's it's I'm gonna get a gig. I'm gonna work at a place. I'm not gonna abandon the things that I'm doing. Uh, because if I abandoned them, I didn't believe in them in the first place, right? Um, but I, 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 you know, I'm. If I believe in myself, and if you followed me, and you believe, if especially if you're from Delaware and you followed in my work from back then, if you know me from back then, if you did this or whatever, like, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of that. I've learned and I've taken that. I've learned on my own. I see your opinion and trust in me, and that is the thing that I'm working and putting together to develop. And there's going to be things where I'm going to put it out and it's going to say executive producer, Jason Rodriguez, created mm-hmm. by Jason Rodriguez. And there's going to be people who went to high school with me in ninth and 10th grade. And be like, I knew he was that person. And, yeah. and it's going to, it's, it's, it take, you can't be that person overnight. Right. And so it's like, I say that for it's like what it's going to be for smarty art. It's, it's, it's the things that I'm finally like realizing now where it's like, Again, the the, the I'm, I'm appreciative of the names that were always on the front of my jersey, mm-hmm. but now I understand the power that's in the back of my jersey. Yeah. All right, uh, you, know, you, could make a, um, you could do like a documentary on like four dudes who do a hey 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 do a beer podcast that love him out. You know? <laughs> I put it on my list. I put it on my list. I got mad. It's funny. People always ask me like, "Yo, what's your dream project?" And I'm like, "Yo." 
I dream a lot, man. I can tell this is you. one of them, though. I'm telling you. I can rattle off 15 <laughs> off the top, you know. But uh, I'll add that. I'll, add, I'll throw that in my Evernote. There you go. <laughs> that on my list, man. Uh, I ain't got 16 yeah. ideas. Right, yeah, right, I'm right. appreciative of being episode number 75. Absolutely. Yeah, number. yeah man. Absolutely. Cheers to y'all. My, my, my cans are empty. Jeez, yeah. I like that. Yeah, for sure. I got, I got to pop my... I like that. Clink, 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 clink. Y'all. Your third one. Your glass. Yes. Your bottle. All right. Well, this has been episode 75. Uh, but And I want to thank Jason Rodriguez for blessing us this afternoon. Sir, thank you. Appreciate you, brother. But before we close out, Rob, before you ask where everybody can be found. Uh-huh. I want to do something to piss off the ladies that of ours that uh, yeah, podcast. There, uh, at least my wife is a little upset that uh, you know Mother's Day was uh, a little unconventional because we were in the quarantine. She's like, y'all better have the podcast on Father's Day because y'all didn't do shit for Mother's Day. I'm like, oh no, we having a whole fucking party. <laughs> we firing up the grill. We doing mad parties. Y'all doing shit. We gonna have to get together and do a fucking podcast taping in person. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I just wanted that on record. Please don't edit that out. All right. <laughs> out. You're a little choppy, but I, I'll leave it in. <laughs> right. Whatever uh, you can say, whatever you can salvage. All right. <laughs> well, like you said, like you said before, we wrap up. We like to know exactly where people can find you on these social medias. I know Jason pointed to a couple of times. If you're watching it on YouTube, hey, 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 hey. Uh, his, uh, his at name. Jason Rodriguez, J A Y S O N R O D R I G U E Z on Twitter and Instagram. That's really where I'm at. I got a snap, but I don't really snap. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, but I lurk. So you, you are seeing this Twitter, Twitter and IG. I love TikTok. I I just, like, yo, lurk, me too. Man. I be lurking too. That's lurk. all I do. Uh, man, yo, TikTok is that fire, me. Yo, you could be on TikTok for hours, yo. All day. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. TikTok yeah, Twitter, Twitter and IG. You'll find me. All right. Uh, yo. And at jasonrodriguez.info. All right. There okay. You go. Okay. You, uh, you can find me 302Yoda on Instagram at 302Yoda and on Instagram and Facebook at Delaware on Grind. Ooh, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know you let go. I know you let go. I don't got one of those. You can find me on Instagram at Devin Aaron underscore the underscore great. All right, Lou. Uh, thanks again, <laughs> uh, Black Hobbit. Uh, yeah, we got you. Thanks again. Thrive, uh, thrive, my brother, thrive. For the glasses, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you, uh, Jay, for coming on. Uh, and if, for all your beer needs, Lou Belgium, I'm on them Instagrams. Word. All right. And you can check out Bruising Banter Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bruising Banter Podcast. And you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, like iHeartRadio, Pandora. Shit, we everywhere, baby. Yeah, everywhere. You can't hide from us. Right. <laughs> uh, this has been episode seventy-five. Until next time. Yeah. Have a good week, everyone. Yeah. Shut up. Peace. Oh man, this dude, this music. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of.